This is Fantasy Intervention. Fantasy Life, Shane Manila, Jacob Sanderson, and Chase Vernon. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in. Yes, another episode of Fantasy Intervention coming at you. We are back on Wednesdays, folks, and I could not be more excited. Wednesdays are our flagship show. We have competitions, we have games, we have bets laid out. And last year, I was joined by Cooter Doodle and Daddy's Home. And this year, they're moving on to bigger, better things. So Wait, I just, yeah, they're bigger and better, Shane. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but they're moving on to bigger, better things. So I had, to, I had to downgrade. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, I had to upgrade. Go with Shane is the worst and Jacob Sanderson, who will be joining us very shortly. And to kick off this season, to kick off our second season, I had to bring out one of my favorite football analysts, in the entire fantasy football industry, something that I'm very sad that I missed at the the FF Expo, of course. But event, you know, hopefully we'll eventually get to meet up at some point. I got Rich Rebar in. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? I appreciate the the kind words. I did get to meet Shane at the FF Expo. I know uh, so. <laughs> it came up. I was like, how did I miss him? I didn't even see this guy. I was so disappointed. No, it's a good time uh, to meet to meet some odd people that I haven't got a chance to meet. You know. Uh, put some faces to some ABIs that we talked about earlier. And it was a good experience for everybody. Everything went off without a hitch and it was a big turnout. And uh, I not, I didn't get COVID afterwards, so it was cool. So That's uh, even better. <laughs> you know, it all worked out. And listen, we made it. It's week one. There are actual games to talk about. I am so thrilled that they're actual games. We don't have to get any more season-long hot takes. We can actually just focus <laughs> on actual things that are going to happen and content that dies in seven days from now. You know what? <laughs> yeah, it dies literally. Just go ahead and bury him right there. I was kind of like a little bit disappointed, to be honest, in the hot takes this season. I felt like there were a lot less hot takes, or at least we reacted to a lot less hot takes than previous seasons because I felt like we were getting so mad, you know, so mad at all these different hot takes that were coming out last season. Because the people, look, you, it's like when you get beat by your parents, right? Um, you eventually <laughs> grow immune to it. Like you just get used to it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, to a tag Tagovailoa is going to be the QB one. Okay, like you know what I mean. Like anyone, they'll just give you. They can cite anything to to find a path to what they're saying to be true. That it's just like all right, but and also you know what hot takes are for. It's I mean no one no one takes them serious unless they hit. Because if they hit, then you're like, oh, I called it. But if they don't hit, you're like, dude, that was my Gotta have them receipts. Yeah, that was a bold (laughs) prediction. I never meant that. There's no way I meant that. And you're like, but you wrote a seven-page article on why it was going to happen. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. That was all in jest. Everyone's out here for them receipts. Gotta have those engagements. (laughs) You have to. I mean, it's just part part of the industry, right? No, but... I'm excited to dive into this episode because this is where our hot takes from week to week, maybe not off-season hot takes, but this is where our hot takes from week to week actually take off, right? This is where we we actually get to recognize the takes that we have right and the takes that we have wrong because I keep score. I actually keep track of what we say on the show. And Rich, he's all in for it. He's ready to go. But before we get started, Rich, I want you to tell everybody where you're at, and then I need to go through a real quick sponsorship read because we have a brand new sponsor I'm very excited about for fantasy football discussion. 
Rich, where can we find you, man? What you got going on? Why should people be listening to you if they have not already? Um, at Twitter, at Lord Reeves, as you see on the screen there. I also uh, am at Sharp Football Analysis. All my content is there. Uh, I do an article at the Weekly Worksheet where I break down kind of in depth every game of the week that's already up. It comes out on Tuesdays every week. Uh, so that's already up, posted. I'll have some DFS content you know, later in the week, you know, rankings, all that other stuff that comes with all the, the token website that uh, is. But really the worksheet is what I'm known for. So, I mean, check out that content. I'll be floating around podcasts. I'll be on Roto Grinders Pick 6 tonight and every Wednesday. Uh, and I'm in them streets. Dude, we're going to have you on as often as we can this season. I know your season is packed throughout the week, but I'm still going to... Yeah, week one's always the best because the one week I get to work <laughs> ahead. And then the rest is a disaster. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Like, I, I had anxiety tonight, like, getting the show, like, up and running. And now, oh, my God. It's yeah, going to be is, brutal. This is the calmest any of us will be on a Wednesday for the next three months. Oh, like, easy. Next year. It's very next year. Ne- this time next week, I'm starting lineups. I'm like, oh, shit. I got to make trades because, you know, there's no way that I'm going to win. And, yeah. It's going to be fun after tonight, baby. Everyone's like, yay, one more week of football this year. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I do have two questions up on the board already that I'm going to answer. But first, I want to sit there and give a shout-out to Thrive Fantasy. If you guys have not checked out Thrive Fantasy, y'all need to check out Thrive Fantasy. It's amazing. Uh, if you guys actually go in there and, and enter in promo code Marcus, whatever y'all end up putting in, they'll actually match on the deposit. But what you do is you pick 10 different lineups right and you actually get to to pick the over unders for these lineups and each one is based off a certain number of points based on what your competition bet on so if you pick a lineup that you think is really going to hit you can end up winning a free contest by the way for fantasy football discussion if you're in that group you can go check the the announcement up there along with a free trophy from trophy smack or free actual belt from trophy smack from thrive so go check it out over there on Fantasy Football Discussion on Facebook. It's Facebook group. If you guys are not part of that, go join it. Go join this free contest. You don't have to pay for it. You can win some money, and you can win a free trophy belt along with it. But let's go ahead and jump on the show. Oh, once again, the promo code is Marcus, because we all got to beat Marcus over there at Fantasy Football Discussion. You got to beat him. All right, so we got fab percentages, right? And certain leagues are different. Like I know in the Weenus, right, the charity league for Weenus, I uh, the fab is up there at 269. Meanwhile, most fabs are sitting around 100, 150, 200. So they want to know what the fab percentage should be put on Justin Jackson after the injury announcement to Austin Eckler. Um, I'm surprised he's actually available. So see, this is where I'm going to have to get used to being redirected because <laughs> dynasty, I'm like, no, he's not available. What do you mean the fab? Um, how long is Eckler going to be out? Um, he, he, a hamstring injury? I think he could play this week. Like, they haven't made an announcement yet. I'm, yeah, they just I'm, said he didn't practice, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's Justin Jackson. I've kind of gotten and seen him in the past. And I've got to see him when he's gotten an opportunity. I'm not going to go above 10% for Justin Jackson. I think if the question is, is what? how much do you need to chase this win in week one? <laughs> that's you know, essentially it like d- did you zero rb did you punt rb2 maybe but the thing about justin jackson is he is kind of similar to just a lesser version of austin eckler right he's no guarantee to get goal line carries if they get down there um you know he's not even as good as a pass catcher as austin eckler so 
it, it really depends on how much you're really chasing this week one win. I am in the same boat. I probably wouldn't extend myself. It doesn't sound like it's serious, but also it's a hamstring. It could be something that goes on for a couple weeks or reoccurs. But my problem with Eckler or Justin Jackson is it's like kind of the same thing at Eckler's in. Like we're kind of just hoping for he gets goal on carries and this role is extends itself, but we don't really know what happened with Justin Jackson. Could be a complete more of a committee where he's ahead like with 60 percent of the backfield touches but we see joshua kelly or larry roundtree inside the inside the five i mean it's it's not anyone i'm like super excited about it would, i would really really need to fill a, a running back spot this week to really go aggressive on him what a week to drop joshua kelly in the scott fishbowl let me tell you all right or what a day i should say to drop joshua kelly in the scott fishbowl all right so we got one more question what are your thoughts on baker mayfield this season i'm going to start out with something very quick and simple uh, you know, he's going to be a very safe option from week to week, but there's also very, very limited upside. Uh, you know, if you're playing two quarterback leagues, sure, he can be your quarterback two or the third option on your team. Uh, if not, I'll stream him from week to week, you know, if they're playing a good run defense. Do you guys have any different take on this? Is this something where you're investing in Baker Mayfield? Do you think I'm I'm wrong on this? I mean, is it super flex? And do you really like QB twos? Because that's what he is. That's what he's a he's a very average player that, Cleveland doesn't throw the ball a lot. That's not going to change. I mean, they just paid Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right? Or they just paid – well, they paid one of them. Like, for both of them? I don't remember. They signed Kareem Hunt last year. Or they just signed Chubb. They're going to use them is basically the point. And they found that that's the, the recipe for success. Um, I don't like low upside guys, so there won't be many weeks where I'm actually starting Baker Mayfield. I, I'd rather take my chance with – I don't know, honestly, like say Kellen Mond got a start and I had to choose between Kellen Mond and Baker Mayfield. I'm probably on Kellen Mond just because of the rushing upside. Um, but that's more of a, I guess, a philosophical uh, approach. Rich, do you have anything different to add to that? No, I think you hit it on it. He's, he's basically a streaming matchup play. He doesn't give you enough rushing equity and enough passing volume to make him like a regular guy to lean on as your QB1 in one quarterback formats. So you're going to pick your spots. I mean, they do play Houston in week two. Um, <laughs> if they even I mean, need to, like at, if they even need to pass, Baker yeah. might throw one pass attempt in that game. I mean, you look at last year when he started to regularly deliver kind of QB one weeks on the back stretch, and it was basically all opponent driven outside of the Ravens, like Monday night, just like that crazy game where Lamar had to go in the locker. That game was just wild. Uh, but they all, all the rest was basically it was all matchup production. So he's gonna be a, a same thing, it's a deep pocket of guys like you know Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Uh, those are all kind of similar guys, right? Like. That's where we are. And we're going to get to a lot of these other questions that we have lined up in the chat, but I do want to get this actual like show started out. Let's get it lined up. And I want to talk about some of the players that may have been dropped today because the waiver wires process for some of you that actually have waiver wire pickups, like the Scott Fishbowl, for example. And I was sitting there, I was going through a lot of the drops that happened today. And a lot of it's like, you know, overreacting. Uh, and I'm going to start with the Kadarius Tony one, which actually got good news today. I mean, they said that, hey, this whole like you know pass catching corpse they have over there for the Giants is injured or they're struggling, and Kadarius Tony could actually get work in Week One. Do you think it's an overreaction to drop Kadarius Tony? And if he hits your waiver wires, do you all think that he should pick them up, or do you think you should just let him lie? I, I, I'm not picking him up in redraft. Um, I don't know why you would have drafted him in the first place in redraft. To be quite honest with you, if you drafted him first in first round pick. I, I get that. But if you were drafting him and redrafting, you're already cutting him. I got questions about your process anyway, because he's not, he was raw coming out of college. We knew that. Um, 
just because he got drafted in the first round, there was nothing to indicate that he was going to be a starter this year. I mean, maybe towards the end of the season, but no, short. I'll try to be short for once. No, I would not pick up Kadarius Tony. Rich, are you on a different uh, end of the spectrum for this, or are you on the same side? I mean, I can see the bull case, but you'd ha- you need deep rosters because he's he's not a guy you're going to start at the beginning of the season because there's now no comfort level. Uh, so, I mean, you're going to be a guy that's he's going to eat a roster spot for a little bit, and you're going to need to probably see him ramp up to become reliable. And who's going to become reliable in this Giants passing game? Will we get anybody that's reliable in this passing game? <laughs> so, I mean, it's it, it's kind of a question. You know, not even to really dunk on the situation. It's just it's it, we've got a bad offensive line, bad quarterback play. We don't really know how the target uh, targets are going to be dispersed with them adding Kenny Galladay. Uh, they'll get Evan Ingram back, I assume, at some point. So it's really hard. How many guys are you expecting Daniel Jones to support that we're going to count on week to week? <laughs> I feel like he's a guy that's just going to occupy a bench spot because you're going to talk yourself, like you said, first-round pick. There is talent there, so you just never cut him, right? And then you end up eating that roster spot basically the whole season, hopefully hoping that you hit that upside. I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum with this, like to an extent. I'm not saying that you should hold on to Kadarius Tony and just stash him just because, right? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I want to actually sit there and look at Kadarius Tony as a possible breakout candidate throughout the first few weeks. You know, he has an easy schedule overall. Maybe he could put something up. I'm going to see what they offer him in week one. And if he doesn't produce in week one, I'm dropping him. But if it's an 18 team roster plus, yeah, I'll keep deep. him as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's 15 teams, 16, no, I won't keep them. But if it's 18, I'll hold on to them just to see what happens with week one. If they don't give him the rock on week one, I'll go ahead and drop them. I'd rather have guys like Rondo Moore who are rookies, you know, other players that, that I wouldn't mind stashing a little bit longer to give them a little bit more of a, a time to develop. But I at least want to see what he has for week one. And if, you know, I don't see Judge or Judge being that court, that coach that's like, hey, you didn't participate all offseason. You didn't play in the preseason. Just come play for us. I don't see him being that player, but – I mean, that coach, I'm sorry, but if there was one player that could do it, it would be a first-round pick in a wide receiver. All right, so my second guy is going to be this running back, right? This running back was running back one for their team in the previous year. Uh, He had multiple weeks towards the end of the season, I believe it was the last three weeks, where he outperformed things. And when you sit there and you look at their schedule, I don't see them winning any games anytime soon. It is a bad offense. But it's still not like it's still, you know, an offense that's going to have to pass. He is a running back. Ding in when you know the answer. I can keep going if y'all want me to. Yeah, because your clues have sucked so far. Help me out here. (laughs) He's a fast catching running back in a bad offense. How many of those are there? James Robinson? (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think the Texans, I mean, I don't think the Jaguars offense is going to be bad, but I just gave away the answer by saying the Texans with David Johnson. David Johnson? Yeah, I mean, he has what? The, the, Jaguars, the Browns, the Panthers. I mean, it doesn't get any prettier after that with the Bills, the Patriots. Like, could David Johnson, a guy that's being dropped at a rapid rate right now, actually be better as a third down back than what he was as a bell cow? No. He actually wasn't bad last year. He, he, he actually, wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't. He had three or four great games to kind of, mm-hmm. like, you know, tip the scales a little bit. But I don't think he was bad. Well, the and one I, thing that's happened to, to David Johnson over the course of his career is – it was a problem he had coming out as a prospect, you know, him being a wide receiver convert, you know, in college, and he was recruited as a wide receiver, then been, been, been transferred over to running back, is that he's not really a great runner. He doesn't have great vision. He, he's, he's a guy that doesn't, you know, get a lot of easy runs, like create yards for himself. And it's kind of progressively limited him over the course of his career. But what he still was last year and what he has been throughout the course of his career is really good in the receiving game. 
He's been excellent. He was even last year. It was a good yeah. receiver. They just with Deshaun Watson is not a guy that's typically checked down. They didn't throw a lot of passes to the running back. There could potentially be more. I'm looking. To, does he get traded? Do that? Do does he get on a different roster at some point uh, this season? That could be a thing with the the Texans in general. Brandon Cooks. Uh, him, any of those running backs could find themselves on different rosters. We've already seen Bradley Roby get traded from that roster. Um, in best balls, I know I was taking a lot of shots on Brandon Cooks, just hoping for like a mid a mid season trade, right? Like, does he end up in a better situation because he's going around wide receiver forty, and you know, any time that he's played with a good quarterback, he's been good. Uh, so, I mean, there could be a situation where you end up running into David Johnson, where there there's an injury that opens up on a roster, and someone's desperate, right? We're, we don't have a lot of bodies. We're going to make this move. We'll we'll ship a, a future six for David Johnson. He runs in some opportunity. I think presently on the Houston roster, he's definitely probably more of just a PPR flex guy if he even has that role, which we aren't even sure he does have it based on the preseason usage. It's a little more guesswork right now. I will say if you watch the Texans at all in the preseason, they have signaled, especially going to Tyrod Taylor, they are going to try to be as boring and vanilla as possible. They are going to run as much as they can, not really try to put themselves in a, in a lot of you know passing situations. I don't know how long that's going to work with that defense, but that's what they are signaling right now that they want to do. Uh, but, I mean, he's more of just like a deep stash. You need to probably get on another roster to really run into any type of upside. Otherwise, he just ends up being like one of these other thrift store satellite backs uh, that's just the floor play. So they so actually here, lose the money with- if they... They but actually lose the money if they trade them. But here, yeah, they, they don't care about that at this point, and it's the, the Texans. But the problem with Tyra, uh, they have Tyrod Taylor back there now, right? Tyrod Taylor is not going to target the running nope. back any more than than Deshaun did. And I was just looking up Tyrod's career stats real quick. His uh, he had Lashawn McCoy when Shady was at his peak, like um, for a three year run, and the most he ever targeted him was seventy seven times. I can't imagine that David Johnson could produce on, even if he hit that 77 targets for the year, which like Rich was saying, he's sharing that backfield with Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay and who knows who else. And he might get traded, but I don't know that that would even make it that much better for him. So he's just a guy I'm not really interested in. Now, again, if he's, he's a free agent, um, he's on the waiver wire, maybe, maybe I'll pick him up. Yeah, I can see that happening. I think that he's just an interesting stash just because of how bad that schedule is and like how much they will have to pass. Yeah, but it, also that team's going to be very bad in every aspect of the game, I, I think. I, like running, passing. There's not going to be one area of the game where it's like, you know, there's some offenses where you can look at and go, oh, all right, well, at least I'll have to pass a lot so they'll dump off to the quarterback or the running back. I don't even know if they'll be good at that. Like, I don't think they'll be good <laughs> at anything. My only hope, um, what Chris was saying, was Brandon Cooks. Like, I keep hoping Brandon Cooks will still be a thing because he seems to be, you know, wherever he is, he seems to be a thing. But I have not not a lot of hope in that offense. All right, so let's go to Jared Cook, a different Cook in this perspective, because Jared Cook, this upcoming week up against Washington, I think is being undervalued. I mean, Washington has an amazing schedule, right? Like, I mean, amazing defense, I'm sorry. And when you sit there and you look at the matchups that they have, right, Benjamin St. Jujis, uh, they have Kendall Fuller. They have, uh, you know, uh, William Jackson, of course, on the outside. I mean, they match up perfectly, like perfectly with the Chargers. Meanwhile, they're not going to be able to run the ball. And on the other side of things, it's probably going to be the same thing. It's going to be a very low-scoring game. But if there's one player that can win up the seam, it's probably going to be Jared Cook up against Cam Curl or Landon Collins. So is Jared Cook a possible tight end stream for this upcoming week? And should he be, you know, put into your flex uh, based off of the matchups? 
by selects. Or at least, uh, you know, maybe a guy that, that should be started over top of your starting tight end if you try to stream tight ends. Sure. I mean, it's tight end, so sure. Because <laughs> unless you have one of the top, I'll go seven deep right now. We're about eight deep at tight end, maybe nine. Unless you got one of the top nine tight ends, I think it's a, basically you're just playing matchups from here on out. And, uh, or with those players. And if uh, you're telling me it's a good matchup, I'll look into that and investigate. And if it's true, then maybe I will start Jared Cook. Yeah, it's tough. I could see him possibly being a streamer conversation. I'm a little concerned, one, about just how many, you know, points the Chargers are going to be able to score in this game overall. They don't have, like, a really tremendous team total, you know, right around 23 points. Um, and then we have to worry about, too, does does Donald Parham get any work in this game at all, especially with, you know, what we've seen this offseason a little bit. I mean, Cook is 34 years old. He's basically kind of a, a vertical guy. He follows Joe Lombardi to the Chargers. So there is, you know, a little bit of familiarity of what they know they've got out of him. Um, but I think if I'm probably fishing at tight end, which, you know, if you're setting yourself up, I mean, I probably would take a shot on Austin Hooper or even Zach Ertz before I got to, to Jared Cook. <laughs> Zach Ertz is interesting, right? Because the Falcons <laughs> actually struggled against tight end. Meanwhile, his red zone percentage last year was incredible when it came to target share. So I'm very interested in Zach Ertz. Uh, but I just feel like Jared Cook is like the only way to go up against this Washington football team defense. So it makes it a little bit more interesting for me. Yeah, Washington's, you know, we know their defense is inherently good. But if you look at the, the slate of quarterbacks they faced last year, they definitely got a big-time bonus uh, from who they played. Like, we, we inherently do believe their, their offense is good. But they faced nobody really good at all, like in terms of quarterback play last year. No, you're definitely not wrong about that. I mean, it's something that where Washington got a significant advantage, not only just on defense, but also on the offensive line. I mean, everybody's talking about, you know, how great this offensive line was, but they were really like, I mean, they, the toughest team they had was Pittsburgh, who just lost Bud Dupree at the time. So, I mean, we saw a stretch for, for both sides of the ball when it came to Pittsburgh. But let's go ahead. Let's stop talking about – you know, some of these boring plays, these boring guys where you can actually find them. Let's go ahead and move on to some of these questions. And we're going to have to move on to some of these kind of fast because we're falling a little bit behind. But first question is from Robert Estores. Need your guys advice. Should I flex Marvin Jones against the Roby less Texans or Jarvis Landry up against the Chiefs? We'll start with you, Rich, if you would like to. I have no problem with this. I mean, the, the question is with the Jaguars is when all three guys are playing, what kind of target shares do we see? But, I mean, going up against the Houston Texans, uh, a team that was 25th in yards for target to wide receivers last year. They were 21st uh, in deep completion rate allowed to uh, wide receivers as well. So, I mean, there is a little bit of upside there. I'd like to see him and Shark because they have kind of an overlap where they win, right? Uh, you know, kind of how they do they end up cannibalizing each other, and we just see kind of Visca be like the Debo Samuel of this offense, like that's the most bankable guy. The Chiefs have been interesting because they've been like really tough on wide receivers for multiple years now running. And when you look at Landry splits last year, uh, with and without Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham's going to be back. He had 26% of the team targets when Odell Beckham played, only 18% of the uh, targets. I mean, he had 26% when Odell Beckham was out. 18% when, when Ola Beckham played. So there is significant splits there. Landry's not a guy we're probably going to get a touchdown out of, right? Like, we're going to be pretty fortunate if we get a touchdown. Marv, 
You know, that's kind of his thing. That's kind of his game, right? Like, you're going to get either really, he's going to be a wide receiver 45 or he's going to be the wide receiver 12. Uh, so I don't really have a problem with it going for the upside. I think the matchup is there. Uh, and, you know, like I said, uh, a, little thi- a couple things are in Marv's favor. By the way, Jacob, you look so much more beautiful while you're using this camera versus the other one. Just want to let you know. Dude, this is this isn't a camera. This is I had to come with my phone. For people that are watching, I'm so sorry. I was already gonna be late. Then I come back to my apartment. I set up my computer. As soon as I come into the show, my Wi-Fi immediately conks. Uh, I try to get back in, still can't get into my computer. So now I'm just fully on my iPhone, drenched in sweat. So what's up, everybody? Oh, so so sexy right there. Appreciate the dedication. Yeah. Would you start? Uh, Marvin Jones over Jay, uh, Jarvis Landry this week, Jacob. Rich absolutely just gave not. A bunch of reasons. A- is, absolutely uh, not. No. Um, I would start Jarvis Landry because Jarvis Landry is good. Very good, actually, at football. And the Browns are a really effective passing team. The problem is they're not a willing passing team, but they're going to be this week because Kansas City is going to force them to be. Uh, that's the mm. highest over-under game on the slate. And you're going to have Odell Beckham who's going to be drawing the the teeth of that Kansas City defense. And especially if you have a Cleveland team that's potentially playing from behind or even a neutral script, they're going to be relying on Jarvis Landry to move the chains. Marvin Jones, they have a lot of guys. They have Chenault there. Chark's back to full health. They have Marvin. I mean, they could also win that game in the first quarter. I mean, Houston, you guys were talking about them as I uh, came in. They're absolutely dreadful. So I I would definitely rather play Jarvis this week. Mm. I'm actually on the side of Rich right now. I'm somebody that, that believes that this is actually going to be a way lower scoring game, contrary to Vegas's popular belief. And I know that that normally does not end well. However, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And I think that the brand new Browns defense is actually set up to succeed because everywhere they sucked at last year, they fixed. They got the guys who were good up against the tight ends, right? They got the guys that were good up against the deep balls. And they couldn't have forcing. Patrick Holmes, who, by the way, is in his first game back since sucking ass in the Super Bowl, you know, to actually run the ball a little more often, which the Browns are good there, too. So, I mean, with less receivers, with more tight ends, I think that they go with a shorter passing routine schedule than what we've seen. And I think that they actually don't score nearly as often as what they, they normally do, putting Jarvis Landry in a position to sure get third downs and whatnot. But, I mean, we're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster numbers this upcoming week for Jarvis Landry. Meanwhile, all it takes is Marvin Jones to get two big plays, and all of a sudden he's more relevant than Travis Landry ever dreamed of being You know, this upcoming season. So I'm on Marvin Jones' side 100% on this one, and I think that uh, you know he could absolutely outproduce Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's ceiling is what, maybe you know, six catches for 70 yards and maybe a touchdown, although the tight ends get, what, 37% of the touchdowns that are passing touchdowns for the Browns. Wow, I never thought, like, while you're making a point that I ultimately agree with, that I would disagree <laughs> with you with a lot of what you said. But um, <laughs> what? Uh, Here's what I don't get, all... though. Like, Jar- Jarvis has a higher ADP than Marvin, and maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you disagree with that. But Jarvis had a higher ADP than Marvin the entirety of the offseason. Um, I certainly think that was correct. If you're not starting Jarvis in a game with a 56 and a half over under, when the hell are you starting him? Like, I'm not you shouldn't have even drafted I'm, him. Then. I'm out. I'm out on yeah. Jarvis. I mean, in a vacuum, when you say that, it sounds great. But when you your vacuum expands a little bit, I don't know what you would call that. Um, when your vacuum gets a little bigger, when there's a second vacuum at it, and Marvin Jones is in that other vacuum, I like that vacuum better in this matchup. I mean, the, the, the Pat, or excuse me, the, um, let's pretend I know their name, the Chiefs. There you go. The Chiefs, <laughs> like Rich said, they're good pass defense. They're very good pass defense. 
the Jacksonville game is going to be a lot of passing yards, a ton of passing yards. And I just, other than target share, like Rich said, I don't see any concerns. And Marvin Jones doesn't need a lot of target share. Mar- Marvin Jones is the type of guy that can go off on, you know, five targets. So I, I also like Marvin Jones. But again, I like upside. So that's always the way I'm going to lean. But All even right, so at ADP where uh, Marv and Landry are, like you could basically throw out numbers at that point. Like all those guys are in the same bucket, right? Like it's not yeah. like we're, we're talking like the wide receiver 12 versus the wide receiver 30 in like ADP. Like big picture, Landry is had a higher ADP because he's just been more consistent over the course of his career and, you know, had more targets. He actually had career lows last year in, in receptions uh, and, and in target share without Odo Beckham. Uh, you know, when Odo Beckham played. So, I mean, it's it's tough because we, we, I do weekly rankings every week too. And you you have a guy at wide receiver 34 and you have a guy at wide receiver 50. What's the real gap, right? People see that 16, that right. 16 ranking gap. It's more about potential at that point, what you need for your team. It's, it's never that close, really. It's, I it's think you guys just like Marvin Jones more than I do. I just don't think he's very team. good. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. But have you actually? Because Marvin Jones actually has outproduced his ADP just about every season. Every, no, he doesn't. He outproduces his ADP because he has two games every year when That's everyone else is hurt, ADP? and he catches That's like incorrect. four touchdowns, and then it lifts up all of the other like <laughs> pieces of dung yeah, that like, okay, in your stocking. Yes, but there's one forty-point game. All right, what, two years ago. I'm cutting anyway, it, guys. I'm cutting it. That was a nice little Marv, Marvus Landry diatribe. That was great. Week one fire. That's what the people are here for. <laughs> I loved it. We're losing followers by the second. We I hate Marvin Jones. 32 down to 15 in the course of a couple minutes. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's hop on this. I just need a simple answer. Are you guys starting, you know, a stud up against a very stout defense? Or are you going to fade them? Uh, or, you know, is, is well, I guess let's just say that it's a 10-team or 12-team league, not a deep league. Is there any chance that you're going to bench Zeke up against Tampa Bay? For who? That's not the a question. In hell. Or who? I think that he. No, no. There's nothing else, no. guys. We need to see for who. By the way, no. Just no. It doesn't. I, I, will, no. I will revert to what I said earlier, guys. Like you have Alvin Kamara. If you're not going to start your first round pick in week one, I mean, <laughs> come on. Like what? Right. What are you doing, guys? Be better. Just, just don't be bad. Just start. Z- what about yeah. Andrews or Gus for the flex position? Mark Andrews. I'm Someone drafted Mark Andrews to be a flex? Dude, two okay. tight ends, man. They were trying, uh, to, they were trying to Bogart yeah, the tight end position. For me. Is, it, is it tight end premium? I don't know. Is it 1.5, 1.75? What's the premium? Hey, they I hope it's get premium. This yet. Okay, we got to explain it. We got to be gentle, Shane. A lot of these people, it's their first time playing. We're part of a, a Facebook group, man. Come sorry, on, be gentle. Sorry. So I, uh, huh. I'll have to also go with... Um, I'll go with Gus, although I really love Andrews. Now, why am, why am I not starting Andrews at tight end this week though that's what i want to know who else did Maybe you draft a tight end first round pick okay well, right. Zach Ertz. Well, then you overdrafted that position anyway all right but this no. is my this trade. is my favorite question and then we're gonna end up yeah it's time to make a trade all right this is my favorite question and then we're gonna end up hopping exactly. on back to the show sheet uh week one sutton or judy this is a tough one because i like drew lock with sutton more i mean i'm sorry i like sutton with drew lock more and i like judy with Teddy Bridgewater more just because we know that that one of them likes to take shots, one of them doesn't. One of them's great at getting open, one of them's not. One of them catches every ball that is contested, the other one doesn't. So I don't you know, know who you're talking about, by the way. 
Do you want me to? Who can't get open? Who can't get open? Cortland Sutton likes contested catches. He likes them? I mean, I don't know if he likes them. It's the <laughs> He's just good at it. He's pretty yeah. good at getting very open. Good. Whatever. God, Shane, you know what I'm saying, all right? Cortland Sutton is better at contested catches. Jerry Judy is better at getting open, right? The quarterbacks correlate with their wide receivers. So I'm going to start with Rich on this one. Rich, <laughs> which player do you like more for week one now that Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback? For week one, I have Judy higher. I will say, though, if you're just chasing a touchdown, Sutton's a way better touchdown bet from a projection. <laughs> but the Giants were actually really good against opposing wide receiver ones. They were 12th in the NFL. I mean, James, James Bradbury was sixth among all cornerbacks that played 50 more percent of their snaps in rating allowed in coverage. Uh, they did add a Dory Jackson. That's not someone we're really worried about. He had an ankle injury. Um, I think that the, the sneaky deep play in that out of this out of this group is probably KJ Hamler in week yes. one. Uh, especially when you yes. think of the matchup. Yes, He's their the actual one. slot receiver too. He's their actual slot receiver. When you look at Teddy's catchable target rate, especially to the Panthers wide receivers, uh, the, the, the area of the field where Hamler operates is where Teddy was most efficient. So it's going to be something really interesting to monitor because if this ends up being a three wide receiver kind of conglomerate plus Noah Fant it paired with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it because you're not going to probably have as much of a, outline, a, a path to like passing game script like the Panthers had a year ago. So it's going to be interesting to see if it turns into being a lot tighter of a target tree than we thought. Um, but I would play Judy. I would have them in rankings as Judy, Sutton, Hamler. But I think Hamler is really interesting this week. I think he's very interesting for DFS purposes, and he's going to be one of my sleepers for sure. I love him over there in the slot. Do either one of you guys have anything to add for this? No, I can't tell smarter than Rich Rebar. He can. Yeah, I mean, Rich, Rich honestly said a lot of the stuff that I was going to say is that people are going to – I think people are going to think Judy's in the slot, and they're going to want to pick Judy here because they're going to think Bradbury's up against Sutton. But like Rich said, Hamler's a slot wide receiver. Those tendencies can change this year for sure. Uh, but if they don't, then you're looking at two outside wide receivers. I'm not entirely sure the Giants are going to line. So I don't know. I, I have Sutton ranked higher than Judy overall for the year, which I know is not the majority opinion anymore because everyone's decided to lose their minds over the last few weeks, and everyone loves Jerry Judy now. But uh, I'm going to stick with Sutton in week one and every week until I'm proven wrong. I think Sutton has a significant advantage over Bradbury compared to Judy, most likely lining up against Adore Jackson. It really depends on how they line this defense up, though, because we see two somewhat good or you know somewhat dominant cornerbacks, uh, depending on who they play, up against uh, you know their first ever sides they play versus uh, shadowing wide receivers. Can I get an? Uh, I have a question from the audience. Can I get a Lord Reeves air horn? <laughs> Maybe. Want to see something worthy. Sutton versus Judy isn't worthy. No. Also, I mean, the pairing of Broncos wide receivers, uh, very, very interesting uh, process here. I like it. I like it. All right, so let's hop you on like to. <laughs> what? With Teddy Britt? Don't look. You can't be nice to people just to be nice. We're here to help people. I mean, I do get it, though, because, like, it, Sutton. It's too late like, to be helped. Like, Jacob, Jacob kind of alluded to you. Like, Sutton just kept falling, like, in the process. Like, he just kept falling. So like he, there's times where you, he'd just be there like wide receiver 37, like wide receiver 38, and he's just on the board and you're right. like, well, why the hell not? Like why yeah. why would I not? Because Teddy Bridgewater is. Yeah, well, yeah, but 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 yeah, Judy. I mean, this narrative 
Oh my god. I mean, first of all, I haven't podcasted with Chase in two weeks, so I forgot how annoyed I get by narratives, and I'm immediately refreshed. All of a sudden, we're talking about things that don't matter for shit, like wide receiver cornerback matchups, and, and which quarterbacks pass out other wide receivers and all this other crap. How but, do you say like, that? The, the whole notion... The whole notion that, like, we know for a fact, because Teddy Bridgewater has a lower ADOT, he's going to throw to Judy more. When Judy had a ridiculously high ADOT last year, it drives me absolutely freaking batty. It might be true. It might be correct. Like, J- Judy could totally deck something this year. But people are acting like this is a confirmed fact. Like, Teddy Bridgewater at a press conference, and he was like, hi, that Cortland guy? Yeah, he screwed my wife. I can't stand him. I'm going to throw my balls to Jerry. We have no idea. It was a separation that they got from the actual cornerbacks. Jerry Judy was re- like regularly getting open, like on a, like every single one of his targets that he had, he was almost wide open, and he had multiple drops in it. Cortland Sutton's making towering catches over guys. So towering, towering. Yes, He's towering. leaping. I mean, I really thirty-five like feet too. in the air, just like this. <laughs> just saying, like it's not about the fact of like the a dot. It's about guys being able to get open. Versus, hey, I'm willing to throw him the ball if he's covered. It's Gabriel Davis corollary. So let's go ahead and go on to flex plays with good matchups in week one. And I'm going to run through this because we're running way behind. I we blame got, you. You're Chase Claypool. This. <laughs> we're going Chase Claypool, right? Uh, Who's we? I'm going Chase Claypool. You're going Chase Claypool. Yeah, because you, you guys shit. were not on point with who you're picking. All right. Chase Claypool up against like Levi like Wallace. And Tredavious, or Tredavious White, right? Tredavious White struggles against bigger wide receivers. That's evident whenever they played, you know, the Seahawks last year along with multiple of the wide receivers. Meanwhile, Levi Wallace, a lot of big plays. So this Chase Claypool guy who you drafted to be your flex option at wide receiver in most cases, unless you went running back heavy, I think should be started over some studs with some tougher matchups. What do you say? We'll start out with uh, Shane on this one. since Wait, Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool is a stud, though. Chase Claypool is being drafted like a top fifteen wide receiver. Like I've I'm, I've been told repeatedly, he's the next Megatron. So Not, I don't even hey, get your... Shane. Shane, we're we're talking about ESPN leagues here for most cases, okay? Where's he ranked in ESPN? We're not talking dynasty. Like, even in ESPN, people, I can't imagine that he's ranked low. People play on ESPN. Yeah, it's we the love most ESPN. <laughs> site of all time. Uh, not a sponsor, but you know. Anyway, yeah, no. Uh, Chase Claypool. I don't care who Chase Claypool's matching up on defense. I could care less if Mother Teresa's out there on cornerback and that her shutdown percentage <laughs> was like you know ninety percent last year, and that Chase Claypool's separation rate against uh, Calcutta nuns was only fourteen percent or whatever. <laughs> Dude, it's Chase Claypool. Uh, yes, I'm starting them. Uh, I mean, like over a stud though. Like let's just hype he is a stud. Say, like let's just hype he is a stud. Say. Okay, fine. Give us an example. Who are we playing him over? All right, so I got a question in fantasy football discussion earlier today, and it was like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, because Allen Robinson has a tough matchup, or Chase Claypool in the wide receiver position because they also have three studs of running back in a 10-team league. Okay, so there you go. I'll take him over Robinson. I'm not taking him over Nook. I will not play Chase Claypool in that situation. I will play Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins because next time I start, I sit a stud wide receiver because of their cornerback matchup will be the first. <laughs> God. All right, Rich. Can you balance this out? What's going on, man? Can you well, I mean, just from, I'm going to just play projected value, man. Or they're going to easily just be Hopkins, Robinson, and Claypool. Uh, the Steelers are going to be an interesting team to monitor, right, early in the season. So we know that they have a, a wealth of wide receiver talent. But we also inherently know that they're going to play a different style of offense than they played last year. 
especially what they played the back half of last year. And we've <laughs> already we've already seen that already as evidence. You know, and it, it, granted it's preseason, but but look at the amount of jet motion that they've run so far in the preseason. Sixty percent of preseason snaps were at jet motion. It was forty four percent last insane. year. They use play action 23% of the time. Now, when Ben Roethlisberger played, it was still 20% of the time in the preseason. Granted, limited sample. But last year, Ben Roethlisberger used play action 9% of the time. Dead last, you know, didn't even use it. He was also under center for 38% of his snaps in his preseason action. Last year, it was just 21%. It's going to be an inherently different offense. They're going to mix in a little more 12 personnel than they did. It might be a little bit more just in the red zone than outside the 20s. So we might see, like, Pat Fryer work on, like, a package player uh, when they get get into the paint. But this is going to be a different offense. So I think just rolling over all the target shares, these guys will be interesting. Claypool is absolutely the kind of talent I want to bet on big picture, though, right? Like, he's he's an alpha wide receiver. He gets the right. kind of targets we care about. He gets vertical targets. He gets end zone targets. It's what we want. It's what we want in fantasy football. Uh, but Steelers are going to be interesting to monitor. I mean, I can't play him over guys that were, like, borderline first-round picks, though. Like I can't – even Allen Robinson, yeah, mm-hmm. the matchup sucks. He's been terrible against the Rams every time that they've played, right? You look at uh, – while he's been with the Bears, Allen Robinson has had games of 5 for 42, 4 for 15, and 4 for 70 against this Rams defense. Uh, but I'm still going to just play the guy. I know it's going to get 12, 12 targets as a shot to get 12 targets. I'm just going to take those even in a terrible matchup and play them. I think when you're talking about like get into the weeds of like cornerback matchups and if you're going to play wide receivers, it's more guys that are closer in terms of grouping and rankings and where you drafted them like we had with Marvin Jones and Jarvis Landry. Like that's a discussion. I'm not going to entertain really benching Allen Robinson. Like I, I'm sure the matchup sucks. I don't believe Andy Dalton's going to have a good game. I'm not going to bench Allen Robinson. Right. And finally, one of the Facebook <laughs> users um, drafted well um, based on his uh, yeah, very wide well. receiver questions. Good job. First first one that's done that so far that we've seen. Can I speak <laughs> glowingly about Chase leaves. Claypool for one second? Because I, I feel very bad that I just said to bench Chase Claypool because that's, that's pretty against my brand. First of all, as a Canadian and also as a lover of large, <laughs> fast receivers. Um, I was wondering when that was like going to hit the, the podcast. Like, it didn't hit up until now. Well, where were you? Look, I, uh, you no, Allen Robinson or Claypool? Or Chase? Chase? Oh, I, I love Claypool yeah. this upcoming week. I think he's going to smash faces. I, but the- I want to I want to talk talk on Claypool once just one second because I, as much as I would totally play Robinson because yeah like that's this is going to be a recurring thing weekly is that I don't care about what cornerback you play but uh, Chase Claypool I mean he's a guy that I want to bet on early right especially like a DFS I mean I, I'm about to write like Al's words uh, you know about Chase Claypool almost because I want to bet on on those that cause the benefit of assumptions and those that benefit from assumptions. So on a lot of situations like Pittsburgh, we don't know everything, right? Rich just spoke in beautiful statistical terms about all of the potential differences in this Pittsburgh offense, right? And there's so much that we want to see. There's so much that we don't know. And really, I mean, you want to, you want to bet on positive outcomes and you want to bet on an offense where Ben Roethlisberger is functional if you've drafted Chase Claypool, right? And if you look at the optimistic view of how does this game shoot out, how does the Pittsburgh offense work generally, it's probably because of a stud muffin named Chase Claypool who's 6'4 and 240 and runs a 4-3 and has been a proven outside weapon, right? Betting on Deontay, betting on Juju more than Chase to me, that's like betting on inferior goods. You're betting on people that can benefit from things going wrong. I want to benefit from things going right, and I want to bet on the person who's causing things to go right. So I'm, I'm all about Claypool this week in general. I'm all about Claypool always, just not over Allen Robinson, who I think is is like a potential you know wide receiver one every week. But 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 but, but Juju, 
Juju makes things go right. I don't right, care so about let's go ahead. Just look the just... Juju slander. I, I'm not appreciating this. This is a pro Juju <laughs> show, by the way. No, no, not no, like no, it's Juju. not. All right, so so let's move on, guys. Uh, I'm gonna skip the rest of these. I'm gonna have Jacob deported. I mean, I mean, this is this is the content. The, I think deported where to your country? I mean, yeah. I, yeah, oh, I'm going to have you taken go. out of nice, cushy, safe Canada and, you're and going sent to, to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. <laughs> I know you saw that Twitter thing that went crazy last week where they were driving through like the poor cities, parts of Philadelphia that they could find. I'm going to send you there if you continue to slander Juju. You know, Shane, when I was growing up as a Colts fan, there's nothing I would have loved more than to visit Marvin Harrison. But now I'm not so sure that's the case. No, Marvin's hair. No, don't <laughs> mention his name on our podcast, first of all, because he will he will body you. Um, and if he doesn't get you the first time, he holds grudges and he will get you eventually. So so I love Marvin. Don't Harris. worry. Yeah. Marvin, if I ever do go into criminal law, I'll be on the defense side. So you're fine. <laughs> Rich, how much time do you have? Because I really want to get to the meat and potatoes. Of We're still this good for thing. a little bit here. We're still good for a little We're bit. We're not on the meat the, and the meat potatoes, potatoes. Of the show yet. No, the, the Jesus Christ. Well, the, the best part is coming up where we actually trash each other's decisions. Uh, we've been doing that. I mean, we've been yeah, doing that. We have, but <laughs> this is like this is like the Kanye that that lift yourself. It's like this next verse, bars. <laughs> That's you right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the wide receiver conversation. I think it's fun. That's where because running backs, man, like there's like four good ones, and like it's way more fun to talk about these wide receivers. Yeah. So I mean, okay, so you want to play right? running back. So you want to play Claypool? So like you said, you would go Claypool over Allen Robinson Chase. I would. I would uh, for right. Week One matchup. What about? Uh, let's see. Where else could we go we, could, to question? What about well, T Corey Higgins? Davis Are is... you playing him over T Higgins? Oh uh, no! Yeah, yeah, no, no, because no, the volume, sh- along with the volume, but also it's a bad defense. So you have a team, two bad defenses up against two very good offenses. I just think the correlation could end up resulting in points scored, although Vegas is not going to, you know, implement, I think, what is it, 48.5? Do we know uh, who's a bad defense? Like, the correlation of defensive efficiency year over year is, like, 0.09. I don't think we know who's a bad defense at all. It depends depends on if it's early on in the season. We need the Charlie gif in the back of him just, like – explaining who peppy is. i'm the worst person on a week one podcast because all i do is is people bring up stats and i'm like that doesn't matter that doesn't no, matter <laughs> if if you actually look at it early on the season over the first four weeks it actually does correlate over especially for you know new, new defensive systems that come into play when you end up signing on a brand new secondary that has never played together outside of the preseason it normally does not correlate into a good secondary until it takes a, a few games we've seen that with bill belichick systems right we've seen that with uh with Vikings defenses as well. You know, when they draft new guys year after year after year after year. And I think we're going to see that with the Titans as well. But yeah, I would take Higgins over that, who should see volume because guess what? Cincinnati's defense is not going to be good. Vikings secondary is not going to be good. Uh, I, Although I, I think that it's, it's not going to be as high scoring as most of these games are. I think we're going to see more points expected than, or more points than what we're expecting. Let's go ahead and talk about Corey Davis real quick since we're on this conversation. I brought up this guy as one of my... Why are we going to start trashing each other's takes? Can't we just skip this? Well, we just talked about how we're, we're going to skip it for the wide It's already 8.52. Come on, I, man, Keep it moving. I've only been on the show for 22 minutes. All I've done is trash Chase's takes. <laughs> That's very true. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's move on to <laughs> the, the takes we're going to trash. Um, let's go on to the quarterback that we're going to stream. Uh, quarterback that's going to fish... Uh, I got uh, Sam Darnold. Would really you stop it? Not damn it, Shane. All right, so yeah. the quarterback that's being uh, uh, ranked outside of ESPN's top 15 that could finish as a top 12 option. So 
for example, we have uh, I have Sam Darnold. Thanks a lot, Shane. <laughs> over over all these other players, he's up against Carolina. Um, I'm sorry, he's up against the Jets. It's going to be a revenge game. Uh, CMC offensive weapons all over the place. I mean, I think this game could turn into a potential a potential offensive shootout. Although I think it'll still be defensive game base. I, I just see Sam Donald throwing for three touchdowns this upcoming game, uh, giving you a very solid base. Meanwhile, yeah, he could rush for a couple as well. Damn it, Shane, you have me all off foot. <laughs> Who? What do you guys think about Sam Donald finishing as a top twelve option this upcoming week? Oh, top 12 is a little bolder than I was willing to go. I do have him as a start in my uh, stardom sit-em article for Fantasy Data this week, but I, I even mentioned it there. I, I'm assuming it's a two-QB two QB league or Superflex league when doing that. Did you not read the rules that I sent you guys? No, like clearly hours. I didn't because I asked you what rankings we were using, and you go, it's on the sheet. <laughs> so I clearly you know sent you guys I, paragraph on top of paragraph about what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, you're going to have to loosen up this year. That's your problem. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the paragraph. I just need bullet points. I like my con law, prof. I'll go. Uh, how about top, what are you drinking? Cognac over there? Pop up. No, I'll I go actually, top sixteen, uh, not top twelve. <laughs> <laughs> top sixteen. How about that? Is top sixteen bold enough for you? I have no. music playing in the background somewhere. Jacob, oh. what do you think about Sam Darnold? Oh, Darnold. Um, I mean, I hope you're right, because pretty much all my super flex drafts, I, I was taking Lancer Fields with one of my top two quarterbacks. And so I'd be sitting at the end of the draft and go, okay, uh, who makes me hate my life the least to start until one of those rookie <laughs> starts? And usually that was slinging Sammy D. So uh, Sam Darnold's in a lot of my lineups this week. However, that's again, that's because I drafted him as my third quarterback. If you're in a one quarterback league and you're starting Sam Darnold, um, I, I don't question you but i question your league mates for all drafting backup quarterbacks because if they're not why the fuck are you starting sam darnold super flex or two qb leagues uh jacob they exist um and I, I need you to know that espn recognizes super flex leagues now because they have a position called offensive player oh do that's the super flex yeah nice can i can i start a left tackle there in theory, yes, because it's an offensive player. So I'm going to have to talk to ESPN about the fault in their... Uh, I know, you guys are connected. Anyway, long, long is one guy. is I like Darnold and Superflex and not in one QB. He's not a top 12 quarterback. There is, for this week, for week one, by the way, uh, there is one player that is listed at five different positions on ESPN. He's a left tackle, but he's listed at five different positions that you can start at the offensive player position, by the way. But yeah, no, so for week one, you don't think that he's a top 12 option? He's right outside the top 12, or you think you should trash him for week one? No, he's, he's in the middle. Around where Shane said, I think he's in the mid-teens. Okay. Rich? Yeah, I think have he's a, player, a matchup-based or... QB, two. I think there's some things to be really worried about with Sam Darnold and what we saw even from the preseason is one is this offensive line is just an absolute disaster, and they're already losing their left guard, John Miller. He's out due to COVID. Uh, they signed Cam Irving, who was one of the worst left tackles in the NFL. They signed Pat Elfline, who was he allowed the fourth highest pressure rate per passing drop back last year. Uh, and you saw this effect. We saw Darnold play in the preseason. His ADOT was just 4.7 yards. Like They, had to, like they looked like the Steelers last year, right, at the end of the year, where they just had to get the ball out of his hands. I think there is some concern here. Mm -hmm. And also I think we just can't, when you look at this Jets defense, we know that the secondary is bad. 
but they also are going to have a huge scheme change. Like they are not going to have this Greg Williams all-out blitz, leave their terrible defenders on islands uh, under under Robert Sloth. Like it's going to change. It's going to be a completely different defense. So although the matchup is good, the wide receivers for Carolina have a distinct advantage. Uh, I think there are still some concerns to kind of just make them a matchup-based QB two like uh, Shane and Jacob alluded to. I don't think I could be. I'm not bold enough to go start them in a one QB league. In week one, you can't stream in week one. Week in a in a typical ESPN league, um, which I'm expert an expert in now. Um, I don't believe <laughs> Sam Darnold is a uh, is actually drafted or rostered. Now, if it's a he's offensive done. player league, um, <laughs> definitely he's rostered. So, are you taking Tua Tagovailoa, who Shane picked? And, and why did I pick him? I I, I like his name. Um, well, earlier you said that uh, be- if you were beaten as a child, it made you like Tua Tagovailoa more, I think, in the Spell pre-show. It. So, yeah, it's T-U-A. No, he can't even say it. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say it. I can barely say it, spell James. my name. Yeah. I can't spell his name. <laughs> the hell out of here. No, I think Tua's going to tell. Tua's going to have a giant game. Um, I, I, I just I think he's going to beat the, the snot out of New England this week. I don't know about their cornerbacks and the matchups and all that good stuff. They have good um, ones, apparently. They have good ones? Yeah, well, I know they get corners. the one guy back from COVID, so that's helpful. But um, I just don't think New England's a trash team. Um, they were trash last year, and they're going to be trash this year. And I don't care if Bill Belichick <laughs> is a genius. Um, Two is going to smack him around. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's literally picking a top uh, a quarterback that's outside the top 50, 15 to finish mm-hmm. as a top 12. So we're only yeah. talking about three spots of a difference. And two is anybody- – Two is twenty six, just so you know, off the ESPN rankings. Yeah, and so any, is there any running back else that, that can move up a few spots? Any running back that can rush for a touchdown is going to be uh, have a shot at the top twelve for me when we're doing games like this. <laughs> All right, so you guys ready to move on to running back? Let's go. Wait, I didn't even give right. my what are our quarterbacks? Oh, who's your oh, quarterback? Go. I didn't see. Do we get sheet. quarterbacks? Well, yeah, who's yeah. your quarterback? No, I came up with the odds and put it on the sheet. Well, let's go. You didn't put it on the sheet. Just fire away. Yeah, okay. Well, mine's mine's Matt Ryan. Uh, Yeah, mine is Matt Ryan. Uh, He doesn't have to move up very far. It's very boring. But he's playing the Eagles. The Eagles are a flaming tire fire of disaster. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if Shane uh, wanted to try out a la Mark Wahlberg, he would have a pretty decent chance at starting as a slot corner by week three. Uh, So here's the thing real quick. Their slot corner was terrible last year, and so was their QB2. But the reason for that was because their QB2 was actually their starting slot cornerback, and he should have been playing in the slot where he's a decent cornerback. And they trade it for a starter this year. So their their corner, their secondary should actually be a lot better. And Rodney McLeod should be back week one. That all said, the Eagles aren't a great defense, so I could see it happen. Shane, you look so good if you're in the dirt, buddy. Was that an IDP? Shane, Shane is just sticking his hand in the dirt, talking about slot corners. I absolutely love this. No, but I, I like Matt in this spot. Uh, they're going to throw a lot. The, the Eagles, uh, this Eagles front, I think, is stronger than its secondary, and the Falcons are not going to be very good at running the ball. So I think that Matt Ryan is a volume play, and I could pretty easily see him get three touchdowns. If he does get three touchdowns, then he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. Do the Falcons have a U in Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> oh, is this like why I say Falcons instead of Falcons? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so Matt Ryan for the Falcons. <laughs> All right, so so uh, Rich, is going to be a pretty nice quarterback. Play. If you don't have a if you don't have a quarterback, I need to hear your your pick when it comes to Matt Ryan, 
Sam Darnold, and Tua Tagovailoa. Which one do you think has the best chance to end up into the I'll top? Take, I'll take 12. that, Ryan. Uh, out of those guys, I mean, Eagles are, are another one of these teams though, that are interesting because you've got a massive scheme change. Last year, they did something mm-hmm. really dumb, right? They had one good cover corner in Darius Slay, and all they did was blitz and play man <laughs> coverage. They had one, and, and but this it's year, so, so, they, weird. so they hired Jonathan Gannon. Uh, Nick Sirianni brings Jonathan Gannon over. Gannon, Gannon over the Colts. He, he, you know, he coached under Matt Eberflus. He cut under Mike Mike Zimmer. He coached under Steve mm-hmm. Spagnuolo. This is, they're going to run way more zone. They were fifth highest rate in man coverage last year with one of the worst set of cornerbacks in the NFL outside of Darius Slay. <laughs> and they're, the Colts played the fifth highest rate of zone. So they're going to play a lot more zone this year. Yeah. Uh, the good thing, though, for Matt Ryan is that he was fourth over points and expectation against zone coverage last year. So if he sees a lot of zone, obviously a veteran quarterback, he's going to be able to, to pick some spots here. We're going to get a lot more play action from the Falcons, even if they are running bad. They're going to run a lot more play action than they did last year, too. So we'll be able to clear some zones. I like Matt Ryan out of those three. I don't know what ESPN's rankings are. I'm assuming Trevor Lawrence is in the top 15. At he 12. Might, it's, it's actually 12. <laughs> right. that's, I immediately looked for him. I think Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is the best streamer if he's available in your league on yeah. the board this week. Uh, but if I would take Matt Ryan out of the three choices you gave me. All right, so let's go ahead and run up. Well, this is the last time back. I'm Rich on. If you're going to agree with you at all, like even oh, Lawrence is too much. You're not even. You're not emotionally prepared for the running back. I have. I'm. We're, I'm going deep. Oh. All right. So with this one, wait. Do you want to start it out, Jacob? Since you got to go last this past. Yeah, please, please, please. All right, let's go. All right. So, look, I I, uh, I made a little Photoshop image today uh, for my main man, Ty Dollison. Carolina Panthers over the last couple of years have been one of the worst rushing defenses in the National Football League. And that might change here. It's very possible. However, uh, they, they added a lot, actually, to their defense that I really like. However, my baseline going in is they're not going to be very good against the rush. If I'm looking for someone off the beaten path this week who can do it without a ton of volume, who might have some positive game script, and who might have a good matchup and can hit in a big play, I'm looking at Ty Johnson. I think he's the lead running back in this New York Jets backfield. I don't think Michael Carter is a factor whatsoever in week one. I think it's him, Tevin Coleman, that they're going to rotate series. And I think that Ty Johnson is going to come out looking spry and awesome, like the 4'4", 200-pound stud that he is. And Tevin Coleman's going to look old and broken and dead like the guy that he is. <laughs> and I think that, that Ty has an opportunity, at least early in the season, uh, before Michael Carter gets acclimated, to really have the kind of role we want for fantasy, where he's a 210-pound running back. He could easily have a goal line role. And he's also got a receiving background. And he's a guy where three out of his four seasons at the University of Maryland, he averaged eight yards per carry or more. He's a guy who's a big play threat on any given down. I think we're going to see 12 to 15 carries, three to four catches from Ty Johnson. He's dirt cheap in DFS. He's probably on your waiver wire. If you're a guy like me who tends to draft zero RB, hero RB style, I'm starting Ty Johnson with confidence uh, in as many redraft leagues as possible. So Ty Johnson will end up being a top 12 running back. Good to know. Uh, yeah, he is. He's going to have 100 yards and a touchdown. Lock it in. With confidence. With confidence. Ooh, with confidence. Um, is there a rushing total on the DraftKings um, prop for him? Like yeah, probably two and a half. All right, I'm going over. I'm going to smash <laughs> the over. All right, Shane, what do you have? Who do you I, have I, for your running? How, how do I follow that up? Like, mine's sensible. It's it's <laughs> it's 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 not as fun. It's Miles. Well, I was so worried about Matt Ryan. I wanted to spice it up. 
Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, I, Miles Gaskin. I mean, he's just he's playing a bad run defense, and he's going to get all the volume, even though. Shane, did, are you? Or did you have the game Brown wrong? Was. Did you think Chase said, "Can you pick a Miami Dolphin outside of the top twelve no, no, position?" Well, <laughs> 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 hey, I picked a different receiver and tight end. I might have picked the tight end. So yeah, no, did you pick Adam Shaheen? <laughs> you yeah, complied. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing complicated. <laughs> nothing overly just. Patriots give up a lot of yards uh, to running backs, and Miles Gaskins is going to get a ton of volume, and he had the ninth most opportunities per game last year. So I don't see why that's going to change this year just because Malcolm Brown's there. All right, so I'm going to go Kareem Hunt at this point. Uh, According to Doe's score, the Chiefs are not very good up against pass catching running backs. Meanwhile, they might have to pass certain points in this game if they don't. Uh, Either way, Kareem Hunt could score. They have, what, five games together in 2020 where both – players scored above 20 points, at least in DraftKings, uh, you know, when it comes to the running back position for the Browns. I'm thinking that Kareem Hunt could absolutely smash, smash faces this upcoming week. And whether Nick Chubb plays or not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, you don't want to say smash faces with Kareem Hunt, buddy. (laughs) You're canceled, brother. Oh, God, dude. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Who's your your next pick? Joe Mixon? Wow. Greg Hardy at IDP? Joe Mixon's going to punch it in. No, Chase, no. Dude, I have a tendency to mess up at some point every single time. Kareem Hunt's going to play well. But no, Kareem Hunt will play very, very well, and he will be a very good boy up against the Kansas upcoming week. I think that he will definitely operate in both the passing game and or the receiving game and the uh, the run game. So, Rich, if you don't play over your own, do you have one of the players you would favor? Um, out of those guys that you gave me, I mean, listen, I would love to just back the Ty Johnson play. Uh, Do it. It's it's very tough from an objective stance. I like the call, though. I like the bold flavor. If you're making me choose out of your guys, I'm going to take Miles Gaskin. Uh, I'll throw I'll throw Gus Edwards out there as a guy. I mean, he's got he's got a 28 point team total. The Raiders allowed the highest rate of scoring uh, drives in the NFL last year. Uh, the Ravens are coming in with a kind of banged up, you know, wide receiver core. Uh, so I'll go with Gus Edwards. Oh, I'm going to put that as a separate one along no, with your pick. Separate. But mixing it why? In. Dude, yeah, I, that is a good one. Because that's I the like correct give, answer, I like by the way. Yes, <laughs> the chance to do it without having to do the research unless they want to do the research. So I'm actually uh, like. And uh, just in case anyone was wondering, Ravens, since you like talking about Vegas for some reason, uh, Raiders <laughs> are underdogs by like four and a half at home. So Ravens might run the ball about 45 times game, uh, this game. Uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Well, the Ravens run it 45 times when they lose. If they're going to uh, win, so it might be 65. 55. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 55 to 65. Gus Edwards with 25 <laughs> carries. Lamar with 15. Tysum, the new Gus Edwards with 10 for 70. It's going to be fun. Trenton's going to be shot out of cannon. All right, so y'all know that I love my my you know positional matchups. That's something that I no, yeah. you do. No, y'all would never guess, right? I mean, it's it's not like I'm gonna you know, have to leave the show. And you actually talk about DK Metcalf being up against Travis White, you know, and getting dominated along with multiple other cornerbacks that are small, undersized, that are not as powerful. I mean, you know, you just play those up against those guys. Meanwhile, guys like Patrick Peterson who can actually match up tend to shut DK Metcalf down. So I'm going to go, I was going to go actually with Juju up against the Bills. You know, Teron Johnson lets up a ton of receptions. He doesn't allow a lot of big plays. However, you know, if the Bills end up riding pressure with their brand new rookies on the defensive line, I think that Juju do it. However, the upside is limited. So once again, 
I'm going to roll with Claypool in this offense up against the new edge rushers. I, I feel like Claypool could just be that guy up against Levi Wallace. Uh, if he lines up on the other side up against Travis White, he's going to struggle. I'm going Chase Claypool. Wait a minute. Okay. That's yeah. <laughs> fine. Yeah, I mean, well, I had to fill out the rest of the show sheet earlier because, yeah. But <laughs> do you guys have another wide receiver that you all would roll with? Oh, I went with DJ Chark. Why? <laughs> you have an explanation? What? I, did I need an explanation for DJ no, Chark? No, I mean, we can move on to Jacob if you want. I mean, Jacob's, Jacob's going to come with, like, AJ Green or someone to follow up as Ty Johnson. <laughs> Wait, did you did, – Jacob, did you your guy? I was literally going to talk about AJ Green. <laughs> no one was going to talk about AJ Green at any Ooh. point this season. Right? No, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually – I was I – was, I wasn't making AJ Green my pick, but I, I actually hyped up AJ Green on Twitter today as a DFS play. That's probably why Shane said that. Um, and uh, and I was considering making AJ Green my pick for this segment, but I thought I would only do one insane one. So this is going to be a lot more logical. Um, we already talked about this situation. One of the worst secondaries going up against a team in a revenge game. Keep in mind, Sam Darnold's not the only revenge game on this slate. He's got his buddy Robbie Anderson also in this same game. That's where I'm going for this one. Robbie Anderson last year to DJ Moore truthers like myself's greatest pleasure was essentially functioning as the, as the Carolina Panthers fantasy wide receiver one, or at least their most targeted wide receiver. Uh, I think as we see this year go along, we're going to see Terrace Marshall integrate a lot more. I think most weeks. DJ Moore will be the wide receiver roster in Carolina. However, I still think Robbie Anderson is going to be very heavily involved. And he has a really unique skill set in the sense that he was used last year uh, in short areas of the field. He was used as a possession guy. And also, he has the opportunity, of course, to stretch it in a big play on any given uh, opportunity. But specifically in this matchup, where I think you're going to have Jets front seven that's much improved, but a secondary that's a lot weaker, I think they're going to want to get the ball out shortly. And at least last year, that was Robbie Anderson's role, running those slants, running those drags across, getting the ball in his hands as much as possible. I could easily see Robbie Anderson getting eight catches this year and people tilting it on Twitter with here we go again, with Robbie as a wide receiver one. And so in a revenge game, uh, I like Robbie Anderson this week. Rich, you have one. Uh, what do I have to choose outside of what? Uh, what's the, the ranking? The top twenty. The top twenty. All right. Uh, how about Devonte Smith? He's out of there, right? There's no way he's ranked in the top twenty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so he's I, way I, too uh, low. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like Devonte Smith in this matchup. I like him as a DFS play a lot too. He's pretty cheap. Uh, in a game that has potential to shoot out, like Jacob kind of alluded to, it's a, it's a fun game stat game. Uh, so when you look at Jalen Hurts, he had the highest eight out of any quarterback last year. He also led all rookie quarterbacks, Justin Herbert included, in yards uh, per pass attempt from a clean pocket. The only problem was he didn't get a lot of clean pockets because None. the Eagles' offensive line was the most injured offensive line in the NFL. They had the most adjusted games lost. They had 14 different offensive line com combinations. They're coming into the season healthy. He's going to be going to Dean Pease Falcons defense that is doing the things that we talked about some of those other teams did. They don't have the coverage guys in the back end. But they're going to blitz. They are going to blitz, blitz, blitz. That's what Dean Peace does. So we're going to get some downfield shots, some opportunities against the bad secondary. Uh, a quarterback that's willing to elevate, uh, push the ball vertically. Um, the Falcons already last year uh, allowed 4.1 completions of over 20 yards per game. That's 31st in the NFL. So I'll go to Devontae Smith. I think he leads the Eagles in targets right out of the box. So uh, he's, he's a fun swing. Mm -hmm. We'll go with the rookie. Shane, how does that make you feel that, like that you one. took, you know, your your team's best player 
Mm-hmm. And literally just, you know, tout him in front of your face as the guy that you did not pick. Um, I, Did he pick Terry McClure? I, I, whatever. He picked an Eagle. He's a smart guy. What do you want me to tell you? He <laughs> gave a bunch of reasons. That's no, why I'm on the show. I think the Eagles are going to outright, outright, outright win on Sunday. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Love that. Yeah. I actually believe so, too. And actually, every reason that you stated, I actually picked Jalen Rager as a DFS sleeper for literally everything across the board that, that you stated. You I just think, think that, he's going to be the one that gets the targets and not Smith? No, I think Smith will see more targets. I just think Jalen Rager will dominate that secondary in the deep ball you know, area. Although Jalen Hurts isn't the most accurate person, uh, all it takes is two plays for Jalen Rager to pay off at what, 4K, I believe, or 3,800. So that's actually why I took Jalen Rager for this upcoming DFS. Oh, how much was Devontae? Why don't you go with Devontae? Uh, he's right there. I think it was actually 3K or something like that. But yeah, you should probably get him. He's cheaper. He is, and receptions are great, but I need to see a bonus for that plus three points, and I need to see touchdowns. And I don't know that uh, Smith will see either one. I don't know. Have you watched any of Smith's game? Because, like, he's going to just eviscerate cornerbacks in the NFL. Like, there's going to yeah, be a lot of moments where it's like, oh, I think the coverage fell down, and you're going like, oh, no, no, no. He just broke that dude's ankle. That's, That's what great if he gets bracket coverage it coverage so it'll leave Jalen Rager open on the backside. I don't even like Jalen Rager. I hate Jalen Rager. And yeah, yeah, I still think this is the perfect match. Well, he's no back you into you defending guys, I can't believe you guys haven't discussed Quez Watkins yet, the true alpha in Ooh, Philly. Love some Quez Watkins. Hey, who's their slot corner in Atlanta? What, what, uh, no, what was his Quez, separation rate? Shane, like, you already know. I was writing my articles and I was talking to you about Quez Watkins and how great he was going to do this upcoming week as well because I think it's going to be very pass heavy and I don't even know who to start from either game but so just all the eagles wide receivers all the eagles but i'm probably just gonna go with smith right, and their tight ends and the tight ends too uh, yeah and all right so ends. we have all these locked in for next week all these are locked in we're gonna find figure out which ones we had right which ones we had wrong but we still have tight ends left to do ty johnson so, seems like a lock i don't know I mean, it's the spiciest have... call. I mean, you should get bonus points if it hits. For that's sure. what I was going to say. It, like, uh, it, yeah. it feels like there definitely should be some vig on that action. I like. feel like that should have been last year too, because I was just the last person entering my picks, and I always cool. pick guys that are outside the top thirty because I didn't have a chance to pick any of the ones that anybody else went with. So maybe we'll add some bonus points out this year. Yeah, you really well, that was need... my theory, right? I figured I would take. Well, here's my thing, right? I I figure I'm going to take two that are very reasonable that I'm mm-hmm. probably going to be correct on, and then. Uh, that's going to be enough because Chase and Shane are going to make a bunch of dumb picks and won't hit. So I'll already have it one after the two. So now I'm playing with house money. And if I'm correct with Ty Johnson, then I just look so cool. <laughs> so that's, you know, very different. Rich, you are forever invited onto this to help us tone down Jacob's Well, Jake ego. wasn't here. He was exact, He's exactly reinforcing what we talked about to open the show. I mean, you got to have that's that true. hot takes so you, you could pull the receipt up. <laughs> the receipt, the receipt. Oh, Ty Johnson, yeah. He's looking for the Ty Johnson receipt. That's... Oh, I cannot wait for him. Like, you know, you know, Chase, you're talking about my ego. All I'm going to say about Ty Dollaside Johnson is it, it hurt my ego when you walked away. <laughs> All right, so let's go into tight ends. We have Jared Cook up against Washington. We already talked about him earlier. I don't need to, to justify any more. Uh, Jared Cook up against Washington is the only, you know, tight end that I see outside of there that actually has a guaranteed role this upcoming week. I think people are sleeping on on Jared Cook, although he's not my favorite tight end. It's just week one tight end that I, I want to stream. 
Yeah, I like Brian Neal's question over here, so I'm just going to get to that. Uh, <laughs> trade Nick Chubb for a wide receiver. Who should I target? Um, well, first of all, Good. don't look really, at Shane? I yeah. love that. Sorry. Don't look at names. Dude, <laughs> this is where Shane learned where comments existed. Was this show last year? Because so Brian, we have so many Facebook comments. He's just scrolling down. And we'd be in the middle of the show, and he would be like, I just want to answer this question. I'm going to pick this. Well, this pick a comment that was way down well, super this one's low. Get, and this answered important. it in the middle so, of a segment. Zach Ertz oh. is mine because um, any tight end yeah. outside the top 13 that can score a touchdown can make it into the top 12 because tight end is a wasteland except for the top nine. But, okay. Brian. this if, that's I'm going to have to figure out what on the fly because I was totally going to say Zach Ertz and I didn't know that Shane was going to so, um, Brian, if you're going to trade Nick Chubb for a wide receiver, that's fine. Don't target a name. Just top any top eight wide receiver um, is who I'm targeting. Um, I'm not taking any less than that, especially in redraft. Um, thank you for coming to my talk. Yeah, if, uh, if you want yeah, to trade I mean, Nick Chubb, you no, go to your rosters in your league and you look at who doesn't have running backs. <laughs> and then you work from there. That's a great idea. <laughs> or unless I'm in your league, in which case I, I decided to trade Nick Chubb for a wide receiver the second that I hit enter league. And then I went, oh, where am I picking? Uh, okay, what wide receivers available? All right, I'll pick them. <laughs> so I, I, I don't want Nick Chubb. ESPN has a trade assistant that is horrible. Um, uh, Watson, I think, and he or she or they will give you recommendations <laughs> to make in your league. Don't ever take those because they are god-awful. I did it the other day because I'm in an ESPN charity league, and I just was like, well, what would happen if I asked for assistance from a computer? And I felt safer. Like, we might be able to beat AI if, like, Watson, um, ESPN's trade analyst, is the uh, AI that we have to contend with. Could you could you get Calvin Ridley for Nick Chubb or DeAndre Hopkins? That'd be like, Hi, where I go, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a Nick Chubb guy. Like, I there's a very there's a very small set of running backs that I will take in rounds one or two when I'm on the clock, and generally those are running backs that are young and catch passes. Uh, and Nick Chubb, while I think he's possibly the best runner in the entire National Football League, doesn't catch passes, and that makes him pretty unattractive to me in fantasy. If you did take Nick Chubb, uh, you probably paid a very hefty price. So I, I would keep him. He's very good at football, and he will score a lot of fantasy points uh, unless you can get like Calvin Ridley or DeAndre Hopkins for him. Mm -hmm. You better get somebody that has you can tell yourself can be the wide receiver one, but they got to yeah. be at least a, a an elite wide receiver one, top eight or so. Um, I love Ridley, man. Ridley's going to smash this year. If you can get Ridley for Chubb, I'd make mm. that trade repeatedly and then worry about my running back position later. But, yeah, anyway. <laughs> That's actually what I'll, what it'll say on my tombstone chains. It'll say Jacob Sanderson. He worried about the running running back position later. <laughs> In the afterlife. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's 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 just starting to worry about it now. <laughs> he's buried alive. Uh, right. Chase, can I give you a tight end? I guess since I was so late. Yes, please give me a tight end. <laughs> All right. So I was gonna I was gonna pick Zachary uh, Ertz. Um, however, Shane took him, and since I was both late to go on the sheet and then late to come on the show, I suppose that that's the price that I pay. Uh, so, look, we already talked about the, the Bears-Rams uh, game, and we talked about Allen Robinson's very difficult cornerback matchup. So now we're at the part of the show where I finished a couple of beers, and I'm going to pretend that that does matter. And so that means that uh, the Rams, who are going to win this game, by the way, by four touchdowns, um, the Bears will be throwing the ball quite a bit, 
and apparently they won't throw it to Allen Robinson because he has a difficult cornerback matchup. So that means that they have to throw it towards Cole Komet. Uh, Cole Komet is my favorite late round tight end this year. If I'm going to pick somebody in the late rounds, I want it to be someone who actually has an opportunity to break out. Uh, I think the Darnell Mooney hype has gone too far in terms of where I'm getting him as a value at ADP. So in redraft formats, even though I was never a big Cole Komet guy in Dynasty, uh, I've been scooping up Cole Komet like crazy on Underdog and DraftKings uh, if ever I need a second tight end. And I think this sets up pretty well because the Rams, uh, they're going to send pressure, most likely. They're going to be doing what they can to take away Allen Robinson. And so probably you're going to see Andy Dalton checking down quite a bit to Cole Komet until he is eventually either literally killed by Aaron Darnold or pulled for Justin Fields mercifully. Hey, Rich, real quick, I have a question for you specifically. How many snaps do you think Jalen Ramsey lines up against Darnell Mooney in this upcoming game? Um, it's tough to say because they moved him all around last year. I don't even believe he shadows Robinson either. And you know, when you look at Robinson, that's too, the one he that's the one he didn't. He got burned. Or yeah, remember he got, got beat in the double move. And <laughs> yeah. every, it, it's it's basically yeah, why Darnell Mooney's ADP went up two rounds because of that video. Yeah, uh, the one the the one thing about Allen Robinson too this year compared to previous years. Um, is that remember when Anthony Miller got traded? Everyone drew the parallel of like, oh, this is so great for Donald Mooney. They're doubling it was down. Like, no. But really, what it meant is that Allen Robinson is going to run exist. a lot more routes out of the slot than he has the previous mm-hmm. two years because you have Darnell Mooney, Marquise mm-hmm. Goodwin, and Demir Bird, all field stretchers. Now you look at Allen Robinson, he's a guy that already has had success in the slot. He ran just 28% of his routes in the slot in 2020 after 40% his first year at the Bears. He's going to move back inside, get a lot more efficient targets than he had last year, a lot more freebies. You know, We like those those freebies mixed in. We like those versatile guys. Keenan Allen's lived like this for years mm-hmm. where he's not an exclusive slot guy, mm-hmm. but he gets enough slot targets to, to just really milk that floor. And then if you run into a year like last year where he has the most touchdowns in his career outside of his rookie year, you run into a big season. Uh, you know, that's kind of what Allen Robinson's working Well, on. like Diggs last year too, right? Like he actually got worked into the slot sometimes last year and was getting peppered. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, don't, I don't look at the, the Rams matchup as a Jalen Ramsey versus Allen Robinson. That's why you fade. I mean, I don't think that's how – I think that's a misnomer like cornerback matchups get is a lot of people say, well, he's going to be working with this guy, but there's no true like snap count, right? Like people will say like, all right, well, he is a primary left wide receiver. This guy's a primary right cornerback. But when you break down the percentage of snaps, it's literally like tw- – what 18 routes in a game against one player and they might not be man coverage routes they might be in a zone it's there's a lot of nuance that goes into it and i think is misrepresented in cornerback wide receiver matchups but i will think as a ball hole the rams pass defense versus the bears passing offense is what leads you to believe that it's a tougher matchup and that's what's bore out the last three times Allen robinson has played the rams and you look at this offensive line the bears have versus this rams front it's just going to be a bad passing matchup in general for this team but that said Allen robinson's probably going to get like 12 targets still uh you know you just kind of see how efficient they are you're just going to take those the volume and run you can discount him but we're always going to chase the volume first. Um, so, I mean, it's always a little tough when you just bring up the raw matchups of cornerback versus wide receiver. I'm looking at more as like a whole, this unit versus that unit, and that, that kind of is like where I'm seeing like the, the downside. This Bears team might not score an offensive touchdown Sunday night. I don't know. Uh, so it, it could it be might tough. not. It might not. No, but I um, think you're – Rich, I, I have a question. You mentioned the Bears passing offense, and I just want to know, do they have one? I mean, they're going to drop back. I mean, this – 
The thing that scares me about the Bears, and I think it was a real problem in the preseason, is highlighted is they might have the worst offensive line in the NFL. Um, you know, they signed it's a 39 terrible. year old Jason Peters to play left tackle. Uh, it, it's really rough. Hey, Shay, you're familiar with he, his work? He's starting there? Yeah, he's starting. Yeah. Uh, the, because the Tevin Jenkins is having surgery. Yeah. Oh, that's not, that's very good. Yeah, bad. because they, they, ha- they drafted good. a rookie. He got hurt. And then immediately after they drafted Jenkins, they cut Charles they cut, Colano. They're all pro. They so Charles they're starting, Colano. they're starting Jason Peters' corpse. Oh, um, yeah, no, that's terrible. Because look, I love Jason Peters. Obviously, he's an Eagles fan. That dude should have retired four years ago. Last year, he he, he was he was maybe the worst offensive they lineman I've ever seen ever. And and they and I forget if he got hurt or they ended up benching him and just lied to him and told him he was hurt. But it, they eventually gave in and were just like, "Look, we'll start the rugby player over you and just see what we have because it can't be worse." And Thankfully for them, it wasn't. Oh, oh, it sucks. Like he's he was one of the best left tackles of our generation, and he's turned he into a tight draft. end too um, in college. Yeah, uh, right? yeah. Well, he's, he, he was he was a converted so tight weight. end, right? That's why great, he was a great Buffalo Bill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when we're talking like yeah. matchups, though, it's only like a last resort. So your your analysis for a player should always start with the player, and then when you get a lot down the line to where you have to break a tie, maybe with two guys you have equal, you might start factoring in the matchup. So that's why I said, like, we got the guys we rubbed Allen Robinson against earlier. It's just they're not – he's not in the same bracket of those players, so it's hard to just outright fade him versus one of those players where you have more of a conversation versus Jarvis Landry and Marvin Jones, and the matchup might come into play and kind of mm-hmm. sway your kind of angle there. Uh, so that's the only time, like, we really get, like, where I really, like, am going in. I, listen, I write about matchups the whole entire season. But the, you're never going to fade a player. Use it as a tiebreaker. You might use it to discount a player. But when you're setting your lineup, you're still going to start guys in, in similar tiers and, and tier guys off. So it's really yeah. tough. Uh, well, you're not going to go into the weeds and take, uh, I don't know, like say who who has a Darnell Mooney over you know DeAndre like, uh, Hopkins Cooper Cuppers. <laughs> Well, you're not going to take Rondell, say like Rondell Moore, like as a great the outlook, right? Like this could be a high shootout. Right. We want to play Rondell Moore. There's a, is it like when you're looking at it objectively, you say this is a spot where I want to look at playing Rondell Moore. He's going to get a lot of touches near line of scrimmage. They're free catches in PPR. It's got a great matchup. They've got a, it's got a high game total. Uh, the weather is going to be almost 90 degrees in, the, in week one. If you look at week one, like high hot weather games, like defenses melt. Uh, they, there's literally like, you know, high scoring games over 85 degrees all the time in the early season so like we want to play around him more right with i if i have around more i'm looking it's like man i want to play him but i'm not going to play him over Allen robinson like you know yeah. what i mean it's a so like that's you can't yeah. always just get caught up in the matchup weeds uh you got to be able to see the big picture a little bit no but i think like there's certain courses. i'm gonna toss an analogy what the hell jacob <laughs> i think when you're, you're lagging so slow your literally... delivery. you're too slow at your delivery you just got to jump in there you just got to jump in chase sorry no you lagged go go for it chase i'll give my analogy afterwards it, it might have been made the lagged actually but uh no i mean as we sit there and we look at certain matchups right like there's certain things that certain players give up on a regular basis and i just i really do believe in matchups when the tiers are close right so sitting there and, and matching up certain tiers that are close is completely different than throwing in like we talked about ronda more over and Allen robinson so like a chase club claypool that we talked about who's close in a tier he might be two or three tiers below you know he's still a comparative matchup uh you know i guess advantage over an Allen robinson who might have it a little bit tougher but Allen robinson they're going to figure out a way to get him open regardless like it, he's the focal point of that offense without Allen robinson that offense does not exist so i'm not going to take somebody out necessarily you know for a later target than i guess uh you know an Allen robinson type player 
So what Rich just said. <laughs> Fair uh, okay, now I'm going to try this. And I apologize. I'm quite sure, by the way, this whole show is lag a bit on my end. Because I, I've been watching, like, each of the three of you lag to me. And my Wi-Fi, like, calms when I tried to join the first time. So it's totally on my end. I'm not trying to rudely interrupt people. <laughs> no, <it's all> <laughs> um, I, just, I just don't you talking until like five seconds after you've already done it um yeah right i think the way i would look at this is for instance you know i, I do this podcast every week with jace and shane and it's a generally a pretty good use of my time and i enjoy it. i look forward to it and then when chase is like oh we have rich rebar on who's like on my mount rushmore of analysts that i would love to talk to i'm like wow that's a really great matchup i, I definitely want to do that but then if one of my other buddies is like hey me and you were playing augusta national tonight like i would i would leave the podcast so fast <laughs> because like that that's just an entirely different tier so that's 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 to me really what this comes down to what's the augusta national the golf course um oh my god <laughs> men don't always tell, right men all right don't so know. let's go ahead and close this episode no, out Jane, if, that's if just there's important. questions if there's questions up here, because we have a ton of them, I'm going to stay on them and answer these questions uh, from my perspective. If any one of the guests want to stay on and answer them, I'm going to do literally like one word answers to an extent. Uh, however, you guys are more than welcome to go free. Yeah. Be free. I've got about one minute. You can, if you got one question for me, I'll, I'll show no, you. No, 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 no. Don't worry this about it. This is fun, though. I like, I like your guys' uh, you know, the, the, the kind of rapport you guys have. Uh, coming, everyone coming from different angles. It makes it fun. People want to hear conversations like this. They do. They want us to, to hey, man, I like Clay Trace Capel. Man, I don't like him. People want to hear the, the why and not, right? Without they want to have the information. Screaming. You know, at yeah. the, like ESPN, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah we're having they want to have the information. Lay out the pro and con side. We're providing information. It's not my lineup. You play, it's, when you set your lineup, it's not mine. So we'll provide the information. I tell those people all the time. I provide the information that for you, the pros and cons. It's up to you, though, what you do with it. So that's it. I like it. You, I, I like yeah. this. It was fun, man. Uh, we'll have to do it again. Uh, I would like to do it again when we can. It gets a little tougher in season, but just reach out. We'll try to make something happen. Uh, but other than that, it was great. Uh, remember, Shane, I did recognize you, and I came up to you and uh, introduced myself to you. All right, well, like I said, let's, let's go ahead. Let's go through these closeouts, let everybody know where to find each other. And I'm going to stay on the answer the rest of these questions for as long as we actually have viewers. So we'll start out with you, Rich. Where can we find you? What do you do? Why are you qualified way more than any one of us actually are? I don't think that that's true, by the way, as well. I definitely don't think I'm like an absolute better analyst than, than anyone else doing. Anyone else can do this if you put the work in and do it. You know, it's just if you want to be a lunatic and like two hours, two hours time, a week, right? Counts. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I'm at Lord Reeves on Twitter. All my work is at sharpfootballanalysis.com. I'm all over uh, a bunch of shows every week. You can find them. Just find my feed. I'll link them out. Uh, you know, I talk to you, Chase, in offseason. Typically, like, just reach out if you guys want me to do something, and I'll probably do it if I can. I'll do Dude, everything in my so power. so cool about that, man. So, listen. It was great. It was great uh, talking about Marvin Jones versus Jarvis Landry, uh, the hottest week one topic uh, that we could come up with. This, this is how you know you're in it, right? The, the decision like, that every very mediocre team that drafted too many running backs has to make. But it, look, Marvin that, Jones that's versus so Jarvis true. Landry. But Dude, look, you know, and in so dynasty, true. but you know, in dynasty leagues, you're making. Decisions yeah, I would never like make that, that decision. In yeah, dy dynasty leagues, you are making decisions like that. All right, Shane, where can we find you? Uh, Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, I don't even know the name of this show or what time it is anymore now. Apparently, we're on Wednesday it, night. 
It's now fantasy intervention. The first the first two letters changed, Shane. That's so it. Fantasy we moved a day, and then we changed uh, the first two letters. So we're no longer Probably. dynasty intervention. So I'm no longer no. on dynasty intervention, apparently. So you can't find no. me there, but you can find me here uh, writing for DLF, Fantasy Pro, or Fantasy Data, and uh, Mannequin Chill on YouTube. That's it. Twitter. Twitter. Twitter tip. Yeah, well, first of all, you can find me right here for the next 28 minutes until my auction league kicks off answering these questions with Chase uh, oh, because I missed the first 20 minutes, and so I'm certainly not going to, uh, to miss any extra time. However, uh, if anyone is piecing out now, uh, I first off, I just want to say, Look, I'm as you can tell, I'm by far the youngest person on this podcast. Growing up as a like high schooler, really? learning fantasy football, uh, there is like very very few analysts that would ever have me more excited about the prospect of being on a stream with than Rich Frickin Rebar. Um, I got like the <laughs> notification on Twitter today that said at Lords Reeves is following you, and I texted my buddy immediately and I said. I now have like two of my four Mount Rushmore follows of all time. So um, this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, and I'm so mad that I, I ended up being late to like Wi-Fi and con law. However, uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB. Um, you can find like me on a lot of places all of a sudden because for whatever reason, I decided that once law school started, I would just commit to way more podcasts and articles. That seems bad. But uh, you can find me on Wednesdays with Chase and Shane, of course. You can find me on Fridays hosting the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. That still is a Dynasty podcast. So, you know, Shane, if you ever want to reprieve, you can come on uh, with Tom Tipple and Big Billy. And then you can find on Saturday my inaugural episode of my DFS show of the Full Tilt Network, No Free Squares. Uh, I'm super, super excited for that. It's going to start off as a solo show, but I'll be bringing some guests on. And lastly, you can find my weekly DFS column on Player Profiler called The Pareto Principles, in which we'll be taking a market theory approach at especially single entry, three max DFS tournament lineups. Each week, we're going to look at something sort of philosophical, something market based, and we're going to try and see how we can apply that to a structural concept to build your lineups that week. I think it's a really unique um, addition to the DFS landscape. It's something I wanted to write. Uh, for a long time and i'm super excited to do that and lastly <laughs> if you want to check out my latest piece on uh on player profiler uh, i wrote about handcuffing in the wake of the jk dobbins injury uh and the travis Etienne injury and all the other injuries and why it still means that cuffing season is never uh and why you shouldn't do that so that's everything i got going on it's quite a bit um and uh i'm i'm always just excited to be here no, I love it, man. And honestly, just go check out our content over there, fantasyintervention.com. Once again, Seth, that's fantasyintervention.com. I'm going to leave it at that. You you took up uh, <laughs> the plug airspace. So, no, I'm very, very excited to, to sit there and move forward with this group. And thank you, Rich, for coming on. Shane, thank you once again. And thank you all for listening to our Fantasy Football Podcast. We're going to answer these questions real quick uh, as we can. Uh, like I said, Jacob will be back on here very shortly. But I'm going to go ahead and start out with this question. Gus Edwards or Kareem Hunt in full PPR this upcoming week. Hunt's game environment this week is obviously it's fire. And I think that Kareem Hunt is one of my favorite plays, not only for just regular leagues, but also DFS as well. Uh, there are five different weeks where 
both uh, Hunt and Chubb combined for over 40 fantasy points. And I think week two, they actually combined for over 50. If not, it was very, very close. So I like Hunt up, upcoming against the Chiefs. I think he's a smash play, especially if it comes to a shootout. Uh, Jacob, you're backstage, but your device is not connected still. So we'll see if that actually fixes very soon. R-B-R. I don't even know how to say the name. I don't even know how to say the name. I'm trying. It's uh, starting Antonio Brown Thursday night versus Dallas or Damian Harris up against Miami. If you decide to start Antonio Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, make sure he's not in your flex. That's a uh, very you know kind reminder to not make sure that your your flex position is not used on a Thursday night. Uh, if you decide to to play a different player, make sure you you swap him out into that flex position in the wide receiver or the running back spot. Uh, I'm going to go with Damien Harris up against Miami. I think it's a good spot overall. Oh, look, we have Jacob joining us again. Thank you, Jacob. It's been an adventure. that The Wi-Fi held up for about as long as it could, and then right when we were signing off, it was like, nope, nope, done with you. But I'm back for uh Well, for, thank you for, for rejoining because I was struggling through an hour-long an hour and a half long podcast and then having to go solo that was really really tough so thank you for coming back on i, I can do a two hour long podcast but just not solo that that would have been a nightmare but anyways uh so full pbr flex question starting Antonio brown thursday night versus dallas or damon harris i start off by saying make sure that that guy that you're starting in the flex is actually in a positional uh you know advantage just in mm. case you know make sure it's not in that the flex position itself i'm gonna go with Antonio Brown up against Dallas, who is susceptible to deep passes, <clears throat> Dallas being the defense. You know, it's it's tough, man. Like, they can't throw 600 touchdowns, but it feels like 600 touchdowns, you know, could be valuable in this game or could be, you know, actually, like, happen in this game, theoretically speaking. So, Antonio Brown for you or Damian Harris? Yeah, it's Antonio Brown for me. Um, I think that... Damien Harris is a bit of a wait-and-see play. I, I do like him this week with Ramondre dealing with that uh, dislocated thumb. You know, they, they said he's healthy enough to play. I wouldn't be surprised if that's sort of on an emergency basis. I'm not sure that Bill Belichick's going to trust him to go back there and pass block or carry the ball if he, if he doesn't really have the proper functionality of his uh, fingers. So I think Harris can get a lot of touches. But at the same time, he's a very, very game script dependent play. I think Miami wins this game by a touchdown or more. And as soon as they fall behind, we're going to start to see a lot more James White and a lot less Damian Harris. I'm, I like Antonio Brown, especially if Chris Godden's potentially dealing with a lingering injury. I know he's going to play, but even if he's not at 100%, uh, give me A-B here. All right. Should Jay start Levis Schnault against Houston or uh, over Allen Robinson against L.A.? This is where we come to the to the situational, you yeah, know, like disagreements yeah. where it's like the matchups. And Allen Robinson, I think he's matchup, uh, you know, he's not match dependent. There's certain wide receivers in the top 24 that I think are matchup dependent, especially, you know, guys on the S like Mike Evans, right? Who, if they end mm -hmm. up facing double coverage, they don't perform as well. And this is a wide receiver who could be a top 10 wide receiver very easily this year with Mike Evans. However, Allen Robinson is not that guy. Like, and this is why, you know, I struggle from time to time performing. So if you need ceiling, it doesn't matter. I'm going Allen Robinson, actually, now that I think about it. I, you know, they could stop passing over there for, for Jacksonville. I don't see LaVisca Chenault ever having the highest ceiling in the world. And Allen Robinson has a tremendous floor with a decent ceiling. Yeah, it's, it's Allen Robinson here. 
know, this guy I think is a guy who might be might be a little bit dependent on the game environment each week. We'll see what his role is. Uh, I'm a big fan of LaVisca Chenault. I would love to see him used in that full-time wide receiver role. But I think the median expectation is that he's probably going to play most of the snaps in 11 personnel. He's probably going to get a lot of short touches. In games where they're behind, in games where they're able to use that yak ability a lot, that could make sense. I could see him getting some 12, 13 target games. I don't think that that happens this week. I think he's more of a 6 to 7 target play and probably at a low dot. So... Give me, uh, give me A-Rob here as I run to go grab a beer. I can still hear you, though. I've updated to a Bluetooth system. so No, no, it works out. It works out. All right, so let's go ahead. Let me move back to the screen. Let's go ahead and bring up. What's up, Jamal? Mr. Brooklyn Lance. Uh, he wants to know if you should play Robbie Anderson over DeAndre Swift PPR. Robbie Anderson has a matchup against the Jets, which I know Jacob loves. Meanwhile, DeAndre Swift has a tough matchup up against the 49ers. Uh, I mean, DeAndre Swift, like, with that matchup, will probably end up in the slot a lot often. Uh, you know, the 49ers struggle in the slot, but they don't struggle with big plays in the slot. They just give up a lot of volume because they think, hey, we can let them catch in the slot. We'll tack them right away. Uh, the linebacker is responsible for a lot of that. I'm actually on the board for this one with probably Robbie Anderson with the higher upside, but I don't think DeAndre Swift is a bad play at all. I think both these can end up performing at a high level. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Swift here. I know that I, I vouched for A-Rob in the earlier section among wide receivers, but I mean, I'm I'm on record saying I think DeAndre Swift is going to end up being the fantasy MVP this year. I, I'm a huge fan of DeAndre Swift. Chase claims to be a fan of DeAndre Swift. He has a DeAndre Swift jersey behind him, but apparently... You know, he's he's a fair weather fan. So he's gonna go with Robbie I Anderson. That's fine. I'll go with DeAndre Swift. I, I will remain faithful to my love. <laughs> Get the fuck out. All right, here we go. I hope you how don't many, treat women the way that you treat your favorite football players. Jesus, hey, how Chase. many shares are you gonna have of DeAndre Swift in DFS this upcoming week? Not that many because I'm not gonna play that many lineups, but I will have a couple. I will have a couple because I think yeah, he's gonna be not rostered at all i will be totally honest with what i'm playing i'm playing i'm gonna play one cash lineup and i'm gonna play it in a million contests swift will definitely not be in that and then i'm going to play seven tournament lineups i'm playing the uh 50 red zone i'm playing three in the engage eight and i forget what it's called but i'm playing the three max 15 entry uh 15 and uh i will probably have swift in one of the three max contests i do but i won't be like maxing or anything like that all right, so let's go ahead and hop on to this next question because I'm on a different screen. Uh, if Eckler misses week one, <laughs> do I not start Mixon? Huh? He's not going to miss week one. But if he does. Yeah, but he's not. But if he does, we got to answer this question. If he does, <laughs> okay. if let's just say he's, you know, like he gets food poisoning. Okay. And <laughs> they have to go for Mixon or go for uh, – yeah, so he's, he means Justin Jackson. Josh Jackson yeah. was once the fourth overall pick in the NBA draft, and I'm pretty sure he's out of the league now. Um, this question is an advertisement for zero running back. Uh, if Austin if Eckler misses his game and you're considering starting Justin Jackson, which shout out to the people's running back, Justin Jackson, uh, who you sense. actually don't even know their name. If, you, if you're open to starting a running back whose name you don't know, Instead of Joe Mixon, who you would have drafted in round two. I've never seen a better argument for zero running back in my life. All right. Let's go. 
<laughs> that's I love great segments. I love. That's why segments. you go zero RB because because you're starting running backs and you don't even know the name and you're like, yeah, same deal as Joe Mixon. And you know what? He's right. He's right. It is the same. He's right. He's right. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Cooks, or Connor needs a flex <laughs> or needs Connor. wide receiver and a flex. So wait, wait. So we're picking. So this either. is pick two then. Pick two. Yes, then, right? this is a pick two. This is a little bit more difficult than the questions we're handling because Brandon Cooks could go off up against Jacksonville if he catches yeah. one or two big passes. Debo Samuel up against Detroit. They might not pass as often, but efficiency is all you need. Meanwhile, Connor up against Tennessee. So I feel like Tennessee's uh, defensive front seven is better than their back half, and I think it's going to end up. Yeah, they sell out to stop heavy. the run. They're a funnel D. And they're even worse this year because, yeah, they brought in George Jenkins, but they now have a very inexperienced secondary. So I right. don't think that – And Janoris Jenkins see... isn't good. Yeah, yeah. Well, he struggles – He hasn't been good in coverages. like four years. He struggles <laughs> up against certain coverages. He he doesn't do well against bigger, uh, fast receivers. He does well up against fast receivers. And he does well up against big receivers, but he doesn't do well up against big, fast receivers. Very similar to Javis White. So when we look at it, James Conner, is probably not a play this week. Meanwhile, Brandon Cooks does have a chance going off. Dean though Samuel could be hyper-efficient. But all three of these are going to be very low floor and also kind of low-ceiling players, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely Debo and Cooks. Uh, I would take a wait-and-see approach to the Cardinals' backfield. I think that it could really go any – like, nothing would totally shock me in week one, honestly. Like, if, if Chase Edmonds gets 70% of the snaps, if James Conner gets 70% of the snaps, neither of those would totally shock me. If they come out and it's a 30-30-30 split with those two and Eno Benjamin, that wouldn't shock me. Um, I, I wouldn't be starting I wouldn't be starting any Cardinals running back with confidence this week. If I had to pick one, it would be Chase Edmonds, because I think at the very least he's going to get the pass-down role. And so, like, worst-case scenario, he's like Naheem Hines. In a, in a really high over-under game. But, like, James Conner... What if James Conner just doesn't even play? Like, that wouldn't even shock me at all. If they just come out and they give James Conner, like, two carries in the third drive and he gets stuffed both times because he's washed, and they're like, yeah, we're done with you. That wouldn't shock me. All right, so we got another question that actually kind of relates to this one is... Yeah, Gaskin. Edmonds or Gaskin. Yeah. Gaskin, Gaskin, against, Gaskin. Ooh, up against the Patriots. Yeah, because I, I think, I mean, I don't really know what Gaskin's role is going to be, but I, I think I know. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be not the bell cow he was last year, but I think he's pretty clearly their lead back. I mean, I think without a doubt, he's their best running back in all phases right now. Uh, and so he's going to have uh, a pass down role. He's going to probably lead them yeah. carries. Edmonds, I, I just don't know. I, I, I'm, a, I'm more optimistic on Edmonds than Connor, but I'm, I'm not super optimistic. Did we already get this question for Swift? I think yeah. that we did. Yeah, we did. And also, right, DeAndre so. Swift is spelled with an apostrophe. Show some respect to the legend. <laughs> to the legend. What's up, Husker? I know it's kind of late. Yeah. All right. Uh, that one's late. That one. I, too, have some laundry to do. Gallup or Mike Davis? Oh, man. Ooh. I'm going to take oh. Mike Davis. Uh, the... <laughs> I hate saying this, but I'm going to take Davis. This is tough. At least you have a guaranteed workload with Mike Davis, right? It's guaranteed. Gallup does not have anything guaranteed. guaranteed. Gallup does? No, not. I just, the idea that like anything is guaranteed with Mike freaking Davis is still like you're guaranteed like six points. You could get zero. I, no, look, okay. This is, I'll tell you what, this is not a decision that I have to make because. 
I, I, I'm not drafting Mike Davis. But if you drafted Mike Davis, you're drafting him because you value a nice little safety blanket at your RB2 slot. You can you toss him there. You can't do a backhanded compliment when you recommend one player I can. another. I can. Look, I, you're, <laughs> I've been put in a position by Jeremy to say good things about Mike Davis. Do you understand the <laughs> wear and tear that has on my mental health? That's not good. So I, I, yeah. So Jeremy is, Jeremy has caused me pain. I, I resent Jeremy Copsey for this question. I, I will tell him to play Mike Davis, but I'm not going to act happy about it. We still have comments coming in, by the way. So we got some time to go. All right. We got Haggard. No more Mike Davis questions, please. <laughs> don't draft. Final him. cut. This is the final cut from Jay Goodbye, Russell. Twenty two Smith. <laughs> Marvin Jones or Russell Gage? Oh, oh, this is the this is the air horn from a while ago, but uh, I'm I'm cutting Russell Gage over Marvin Jones. Yeah, I, I I often quote Ben Gretsch on podcasts, and usually it's with stuff that's really philosophical and nice. This case, I'm just gonna quote him uh, being drunk on ship chasing and saying, "I feel so bad for this human being who drafted Russell Gage." Go enjoy your life a little bit more. I love that. <laughs> Drop Russell Gage. So much. All right, Antonio Gibson, Gibson. or Gus Edwards. Uh, oh, man, I'm going to have to go Gus Edwards. I, I don't like the Gibson matchup. What do you mean? The Chargers have been ass in a can at stopping the run for years. Yeah, they also drafted players, and they haven't run. been healthy. I don't see anybody uh, that I want to play from Washington. Antonio Washington Gibson, fans. please. You know why? Because Antonio Gibson will actually throw the ball to him. Gus Edwards... Is our averages point four? Yeah, they do throw the ball to Gibson and Gibson too, Gibson. maybe actually. Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Get my hope actually is that Antonio Gibson is the one that gets all the carries, and instead of J.D. McKissick, they toss out Gibson as their third down back. Uh, but no, start Antonio Gibson. Don't listen to Chase; he's totally wrong. Gus Edwards uh, has point four catches per game in his career, even when he was a starter in 2018 with no Dobbins, with no Mark Ingram. Do you know how many passes he caught? He caught one. He caught one pass. Uh, have fun with that. Like, what are you hoping for? You get 100 yards and a touchdown, you get 16 points. That's okay. Antonio Gibbs is going to beat that in the sleep. Unless J.D. McKissick has something to say about that. But, guys, just he has in nothing case y'all just tune in. J.D. McKissick has been silenced. Give me a second. Just in case y'all tuning in. We are just answering questions from the show earlier. We're now going on hour 148 and 30 seconds. So we're literally flying through these answering questions. This is not our normal Wednesday show. Just give you all a heads up. Yeah, here we go. We have the next question. Anyone know who the RB2 is in the to Chargers offense? And it sucks because I dropped him today. <laughs> we talk about Joshua Ketley. Isn't it Josh Jackson? <laughs> I think the last commenter said it was Josh Jackson. Justin Jackson. Uh, no, it's, just, it's, it's Justin Jackson. If Austin Eckler's out, they're going to use a combination of uh, was it Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly on first and second down if they even use Joshua Kelly. Meanwhile, Justin Jackson's going to be the third down back, and I don't want any one of those guys. Yeah, so I'm, I kind of agree with Chase a little bit. Maybe I'm more bullish on Jackson, although he has, he's been missing practice and groin issues, so I'm not sure what his current yes, status is. He's always I think hurt. he's okay. Um, I, the way I view that backfield is that sort of there's like a standalone component and there's a contingent component that it's not the same guy. I think that Kelly and Roundtree are competing to be the complement to Eckler. And then Justin Jackson is the handcuff to Eckler. So I think if Eckler's out, Justin Jackson's the guy you want to start. 
if you're just sort of looking for a guy who might be somewhat useful while Eckler's in there, I think it's probably Kelly or it might be Roundtree. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just all such a shit show. Like, I don't want to make a play for any one of these guys with you. Um, all right, so let's say if there's somebody off the wire, if not, you can always hold him and wait for an injury to see where he lands. I mean, I would love to hold a guy that's a little bit less mac- masculine, so I'd, like, hold Tutu Atwell, um, you know, just because I would feel more like a man. But I think we're, like, the same size, so I don't even know if I, you know, actually <laughs> – I feel better holding him. I just definitely would not feel good holding a guy like, I don't know, like Sonny Michelle. I feel like he would engulf me. I, who would you feel good holding? Who would I feel good holding? Um, who's like known for their soft skin in the fantasy industry? Juju Smith-Schuster probably from the TikTok. Videos. Yeah, like Juju, right? Like I think Juju's a guy who, who uses some lotion. So <laughs> I, I'd want to hold him. I'd want to caress his his nice soft skin and, and feel it in my hands. Sure. <laughs> all right. We'll go with that. Um, all right. So <laughs> we just no one, but what are you doing? Butch rather on Tony Jones. No, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, if it's a backup, maybe, right. Maybe Ingram? tomorrow. No, oh, no, no Ingram. I thought you were saying no. For <laughs> yeah. No Ingram. Get rid of like, it. I don't like Tony Jones, but. Mark Ingram, get out of here with Mark Ingram because what? Uh, Barkley? I have Edwards, Devontae Williams to replace him. CMC is my other. Should, like I said, should I play Barkley? Yes, you should play Barkley. Yeah, I don't really know what that was about. All right, trade Nick Chubb for wide receiver. This is when we went over. Oh, we talked about this one. Calvin Ridley. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't think uh, Ramsey follows a wide receiver. No, he probably well, true. He only Fields will start week week two. Definitely true. Should right, I be worried about Eckler? Um, would you start? Uh, I picked twelfth. Should I be worried about? So you already did pick. Um, no. If if Eckler plays, you shouldn't be worried. Like if Eckler if Eckler is active, then you should definitely play Austin Eckler. Um, but would and if you he's start the flex Coleman? Uh, Williams or Gordon over the wide receivers in the flex or over Josh Jacobs. I think I'd, I'd be set starting the, the receivers that mm-hmm. you have. Uh, meanwhile, Tarwell Williams, he's enticing, but I don't want to start in week one. I want to see what happens. Coleman, I want to see what happens. And Gordon, oh, is that Tyrell? I, I thought that was happens. Tyson Williams. Uh, uh, I don't even know which Williams. Neither Williams. We're not playing either of those Williams, is right? No, we're not. I would start. Uh, I would start Melvin Gordon over uh, both Josh Jacobs. Look at Hollywood. Okay, I, I actually I would start Melvin Gordon over both Josh Jacobs and Michael Pittman. Josh Jacobs is playing against Baltimore in a game that they're going to get absolutely destroyed, and he doesn't play passing down. So Josh Jacobs is going to have like six points this week. He's going to be totally useless. Uh, and then Michael Pittman isn't very good. So I think I would start Melvin Gordon because he has about two to three weeks where you can start him with confidence until he's entirely made irrelevant by Javante Williams. Enjoy. Wait, him. is Hollywood Titans still in here right now? I love you. Like, I fucking love you if you're still in here right now. All right, so Marvin Jones Marvin Jr. Jones Jr. starts it. You it should uh, sit him for Jarvis Landry. Yeah, you should. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think this is more of a question that comes down to our Sunday morning starter sit. So we do a starter sit at 12 o'clock on Sunday mornings with this group, and the group chat goes fucking crazy, and we have to fly through the chat. 
So okay. if you guys are here, like we will actually say, hey, you have to start or sit versus this guy. You got to give us your league rules, and we will actually answer your questions as they pop up. It's insane. We get like literally over four to five hundred comments on this episode, so or on this show. So be prepared. Set your alarm. Twelve o'clock Sunday mornings. I'll be here. Jacob's more than welcome to come. Uh, but it's it's literally insane. It's literally like just a, a fire shit show for starting to sit. We'll I'll show questions. up now and then at like eight a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> All right, so I'll be hungover, but I'll show up. Why not? Shepherd, uh, dude, I, I drink every time we do it because I'm still drunk from the night before. But I'm I'm like a little bit offended that Chris felt the need to tell us what team Marshall is on, as though we weren't aware. Well, no, because most people don't read. Like, I'm t- somebody put running back Michael Carter earlier on a post, so you have to understand. That's fair because Michael Carter sucks. So I I'm not aware that he's a running back. I don't <laughs> pay attention to him. Paris Marshall, however, uh, um, you should okay pick uh, up is an interesting choice of words. So I would like pick up. No, if, if you had to start one, I would definitely prefer to start Shepard no. this week. But oh. pick up, I'm assuming, is like as in on your roster and then sit on your bench. Marshall. Yeah, Marshall has like way more upside for, as a bench stash. But I, I certainly wouldn't want to start him this week. <laughs> no, Hollywood is here. here. That's awesome. I also love you, Hollywood. <laughs> we all love you, man. You guys need to follow him over there on Twitter. At Hollywood Titan. Love this guy. He's amazing. All right. So, since you just covered Jones Jr., he's Sleeper Week 1. I'd start Jones Wait. I'd start Jones Jr. Should he find... Uh, this... Wait. Is this a question? No, it's not a question. I think it's a comment. But uh, you must love this guy because he's talking about zone schemes. And he yeah, says that you well... can't trust Shark. Um, why, why is, is Shark blocked you in the past? I love I, what I would like to know about this question is, um, I would like to know how DJ Chark has mistreated you in some way. Like, how, was was this a dating issue? Uh, did he say he would call in the morning? Um, or or did he put him on the stand? Did he perjure himself? Why can't you trust him? Is what so, what has he done wrong? I can't trust Chark because he's like that chick that gave you the best that she possibly could over the first five times that y'all hung out, and the next ten times, twenty times. She gave you nothing. So I'm a big proponent mm. on giving you 100% every time that you possibly could. But also, it's a reflection on me being the quarterback and not giving my 100% every single time. And when defenses figure you out, you have issues performing. And when they don't know where the place is that you should deliver your balls, you should know, you know, like, <laughs> you should know, hey, it's not all your Are we going to name this? So if we still posted the podcast version, could we name this DJ Chark Performance Anxiety? I'm supposed to have a meeting with the guy that's that's handling our podcast 20 minutes ago. But uh, no, so this is what I'm going to call it. And I'll make sure this is the outtake that, that gets taken up. Because honestly, like you should perform. Yeah. If you expect somebody else to perform, you should perform just as well. And that did not happen with DJ Chark. Uh, unfortunately, Alan Robinson is the one person that we can name that just always did their best. Uh, with subpar conditions you know it didn't matter if it was hot it didn't matter if it was cold it didn't matter if the person on the opposite end to give their a game you know it, it didn't matter alan robinson over perform that's the outlier so dj chark he... what's up oh also deandre hopkins too i guess there's a couple outliers but um yeah dj chark was phenomenal over the first five weeks of the season until in 2019 until the defensive 
till the defense has figured out Garner Minshew, the sixth round, you know, rookie pick. That what, you know what? There's been harder things to figure out. <laughs> I like DJ Chark. He's not exactly the Kobayashi Maru over there, Gardner. <laughs> You're not wrong. So, <laughs> which one do you have over these three while we're sitting here having a conversation? Yeah, I would. I would. If I had to start one, I would pick uh, Lavisca, and then I would pick Chark, and then I would pick Marvin. I, I hate Lavisca ceiling, uh, ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. Why? What All do you right, mean? So... He's like a second-year wide receiver. That's that's what ceiling is. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about Pittman. Because you uh, love Pittman, and this is your team. This is the Colts. And you're like a massive no. Pittman fan, right? No, I hate that guy. <laughs> but I, I only hate him for <laughs> like three more days. Because once the season starts, then then I'm just a blindly optimistic Colts fan. So what, once once that game kicks off, I'll have my Michael Pittman Jr. foam fucking finger. But for now, he's just the guy that we took instead of LaVisca Chenault. And it makes me mad all the time. Good matchup against the Terrible Hawks. Uh, that's not true. The Hawks' pass defense was very bad for half the year last year. Then they actually got pretty decent. Um, the only caveat with that, though, only caveat with that, though, is that, yeah, he is right, I guess. The secondary was bad. The pass team was good. They did that a lot by pressuring the quarterback. They're going to not have issues pressuring Wentz. Uh, first of all, Wentz brings pressure upon himself. It doesn't matter how good his O-line is, he will find a way to get sacked. He just loves it. He just loves being sacked. Uh, and then also, the Colts don't have a left tackle. I, I don't think Eric Fisher is going to be ready to play. They lost on TV for the season. So they're down to their third string left tackle. I'm very concerned uh, as to how much time Carson Wentz will have in this game against the Seahawks pass rush that's pretty underrated. And uh, I think Pittman... He has upside in this matchup for sure, but I'm not sure I'll have time to complete those downfield routes at MPJ. All right, so let's go ahead and let's finish it out with this last episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for joining us. We have all the links obviously coming out, but Gaskin versus New England or Allen Robinson versus LA? Last question. Stop trying to get me to start people other than Allen Robinson. Just start Allen Robinson. You drafted Allen Robinson, start him. What did we just say? We just talked about trust, okay? Alan Robinson is a trustworthy person. If you're dating someone, you committed to them. You, you went in the third round and you said, I'm committing to you as the love of my life, Alan. And then all of a sudden, what happens? They get a tough matchup, right? They're saying, okay, tonight we're going to try this new restaurant. And you're going, I don't really like Lebanese food. doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you like Lebanese food. You committed to Alan Robinson. You're going to go and you're going to eat fucking Lebanese food and you're going to like it. You're going to like it, and you're going to start Allen Robinson, and he's going to win you a week, and you're going to get out of here with these Chenaults and these Gaskins and every Tom, Dick, and Harry that you're trying to fly by night against Allen Robinson. He's awesome. Start Allen Robinson. Good night.